everybody. Welcome back to the Midnight Creepy Honeybrook podcast. I'm your co-host, Kevin, here with... What the fuck was that? <laughs> hey, did you forget the name of your own show? What the hell? Yeah, you're just fucking... Okay. Um, actually, you're here with the Midnight Terrace podcast. Jeez. What was that? With, <laughs> with Bucky and Diamond. Jason, do you have a, I, I don't you have a know. screaming demon like in the back of your car? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck just happened, but was that, was that the dragonfly the buzz, buzzing by the phone? <laughs> we just totally talked over. Darman. <laughs> we just talked over this entire thing. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Midnight Terrors podcast. You are here with Kevin and Jason. Jason looks very confused right now because this episode already is just pandemonium but jason we're back with an absolutely outrageous group of co-hosts tonight so it's you and me here and we're also here with two returning guests that are just meeting each other for the first time as well outside of text form we'd like to welcome first zc kroll zach what's up brother i am so happy to be back here and uh Roy, it's a pleasure to meet you, sir. Yes, sir. And we are also here with our Jacob Honeybrook, Roy. Roy, welcome back, my friend. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me back. It's always a blast. Zach, nice to finally speak to you somewhat yeah, in person. Man. Yeah. <laughs> you live in Ohio, right? Can I say that on the podcast? Is that cool? Yeah. To, yeah. To... I live there now. Trust me. I talk shit on it all the time on Instagram. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, I, was saying, I don't know if I'm like, I don't know if I'm doxing you or something, but yeah. Hey, yeah, your ahead, Instagram is awesome. I love your. Off. I love your stuff on Instagram. <laughs> oh, thanks, bro. I'll tell you what, moving from Philly to Ohio, it's uh it's something. It's different, but it's something. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but Roy sure. brings the metal love everywhere he goes. That's Absolutely. for sure. <laughs> uh but no, I've dudes, welcome to the show. It's uh it's insane that we've had you both on here multiple times separately but now we're all here together and this is this is something really cool and exciting i'm i'm stoked that we're all here and uh <laughs> uh so i don't even know how to start this one like we're, we've already been talking for like well 10 I'm, minutes. I'm glad to have them both on at the same time and i'm loving uh, the green uh <laughs> background um and then um i'm loving uh, just everybody being here it's it's fun well uh, we, we said this earlier that uh since we last spoke to roy he is now the star of the blair witch project the next sequel <laughs> that's right i'm operating on a pretty much vhs camera over here so i uh, hope you enjoy it <laughs> no i love it roy's roy's in the blair witch sequel and zach is in the uh reanimator remake oh yeah <laughs> Hey, did you guys is ever it, see is that? It, is it too well, much? I was go. trying to impress you guys because of the theme tonight. No, it's oh, not too it's much. Great. It's awesome. Okay. The fact that he's trying to impress us is <laughs> just sad. We have <laughs> we have low standards, Zach. <laughs> what were you saying, Roy? Zach, if you're trying to impress us, I'm sorry, buddy, but um... <laughs> mission accomplished. <laughs> mission is accomplished. Uh, Roy, Roy we what were it. you saying? Have you seen what? Oh, it was like Blair Witch, but it was made in like 2020 or 2021. I don't know if it was Blair Witch 2 or what. Yeah, there's it was. No. Oh, there's like a jump scare every minute. And oh. it's just, 
isn't scary. It's just so fucking annoying. It's like are you talking about the sequel that was just called Blair Witch? Probably the third third one, technically. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Oh my god. I did see that one. It is. I enjoyed it for what it was, but it was easily the worst of the Blair Witch movies because maybe unpopular opinion, but I got a lot of love for Blair Witch too. Book of Shadows. Oh, yeah. I do too. I'm with you on that. It's an interesting concept because it treats the first one as a movie that had come out. Yeah. And that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I think it's severely underrated. And it's got Marilyn Manson on the soundtrack. So Oh my god, yeah. ten out of ten. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um Well, and it's it's super meta. It is, yeah. Yeah. Um, um. <laughs> but I'm so like <laughs> dumbfounded on how to approach everything tonight. <laughs> for context, for context for people listening, we all jumped in this chat and this shit went off the rails already. So strap yourselves in. But to keep try to keep my composure. So tonight we're all here. Well, together. it's just like for the people listening, who, whose idea was it between the four of us not to wear clothes for this? Because I think that might be where the awkwardness is coming from. We should, yeah. should have been clothed. Yeah, I mean, I mean Jason. It was, I mean, it was an ABC party. A, <laughs> I mean, Jason is not even facing the camera; like his butthole's just right up at the camera, <laughs> and like. <laughs> That's how I love to meet people. That's why I always party naked, man. Never know right. what's gonna happen. But listen, man. Listen, I, I, I waxed it. I bleached it. I we did everything I could. We the don't deny bottle. we don't deny anyone the opportunity to show off the wax butthole on the show. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so welcome back to the Midnight Terrors podcast, as we said. And so this was tonight what we're doing. You see in the title that we're talking about the movie Reanimator from 1985. And this was, but we're also going to dive into a lot more than just the movie tonight, from what I'm understanding um, about the the layout of the episode. And this was kind of the brainchild of Zach, ZC Kroll, actually, because Zach, you and I were talking uh, last week about, like, you know, just catching up. And then, you know, I talked about getting you back on the show and that kind of evolved into like, oh, we should get Roy involved and bring everybody together. And then you threw out Reanimator and kind of you know, came up with the the brainchild for tonight's episode. So you want to kind of like walk through what we're what all we're going to cover tonight because it's very expansive. Yeah. So Reanimator, the 1985 film, is based on a short story by H.P. Lovecraft. Um, it's a 1922 short story by him. Um, it's not very long. I it probably takes what like an hour, twenty minutes to read something like that. Um, which, by the way, I, I gave you guys homework. I, I apologize. You didn't have to read it. If you happen to read it, that's totally cool. Um, um, so, Zach, uh, slight spoiler. Um, did, you not read, did you read? The, did you do Wikipedia? Wikipedia? No, what? I. Sorry, Roy's camera went down and I saw the Suicide oh. Silent shirt. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> Always bringing the metal, man. Yeah. yeah, I thought you were just like, fuck this conversation. Let me show up my metal shirt. No, I but, realized my Well, the camera kept going in. down. I'm like, where, where are we going with this, uh, this episode? <laughs> you want me to keep panning down? That's a surprise. <laughs> he just, he just it. wants to keep panning down still to, see, to see if there's any interest. He's still going <laughs> to see what's Luckily, going on. I don't have on. to pan down that far. That is what Roy does. He's just like walks around like, huh? 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 <laughs> Never know unless you yep. whip it out. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. No, no. Uh, anything uh, you like? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh 
So I think I know Jason said he did not get a chance to read it. I actually was not able to finish it. I just ran out of time. I read everything I could, which was like two, like maybe two and a half chapters in or something like that. Yeah. Um. So I, you know, I definitely want to go back and finish it. I told Roy this um, off the air that when reading it, I actually was kind of struggling because, you know, side note, H.P. Lovecraft is very wordy. So I, there were a few times I had to go back and read like, wait, what the fuck did he just say? Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, 1922. It's, yeah. it's same with like Edgar Allan Poe stuff. Like you kind of have yes. to, you know, if you don't have if you have distractions around, it's, it's hard to like stay you know yeah. in the moment with the his stuff but um but I, can, I thought it'd be fun which again we don't have to talk about the story I, it was just an idea I was throwing out there but I thought it'd be fun since me and Roy are on here together and we're both horror writers to kind of get the perspective of you know kind of like the story versus the movie and and how different they both are um but it yeah. might bore that might bore people by all means no, if that's boring I, I we don't, we don't have it, to go there no dude I think it's perfect you so you and Roy actually got to got to both read it um, and I think Roy said he went back over and looked at an overall summary. So I definitely actually want you guys to take the time to dive into it. And Jason and I will, you know, chime in where we can, because I think it's interesting. Just the the little bit that I did get to read of the short story, um, the comparisons are really interesting. Um, so I definitely want to tackle that for sure. But that's basically what what we're doing tonight is we're going to talk about the movie Reanimator, um, which is based off of the hp lovecraft short story and we're gonna have roy and zach and you know all of us together kind of speak to the story versus the movie and we're you know kind of going to talk about lovecraft horror as a whole um which is something i'm excited for because i've said this on the air i think um and jason and i have had many conversations about it as a horror fan lovecraft horror is still something i'm kind of trying to like get a grasp on because to me it seems very broad in terms of what mm-hmm. it means to be Lovecraftian or Lovecraft Lovecraft horror, um, yeah, because because Bucky has not really read a bunch. Ooh, there, is, there we go. Uh, Lovecraft. <laughs> oh, so, oh, sorry, sorry. I was, I was giving y'all a little of this. Um, <laughs> I have to go um, to the bathroom quick. I'm gonna. I, I, I almost saw the Bucky and the diamonds. <laughs> That is what he refers to it as, Bucky and the Diamonds. <laughs> the family jewels. <laughs> no, but um. <laughs> so I know, Jason. Before you continue on, guys, just full full clarification and and uh, like disclaimer. I think I am going to clip like a video clip or two from this shit and put this on Instagram so that people can just see what the fuck they're in for. For <laughs> jokes unlimited. Yep, for sure. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, Jason, continue with what you were talking um, about. No, just um. <clears throat> so I've I've read a decent amount of uh, Lovecraft. Um, Bucky's not super familiar. Um, so Bucky's asked me quite a few times, like, "Hey, you know, people will refer to stuff as like Lovecraftian." Or 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 what is that? Or kind of, I don't understand what they're referencing. Not that he doesn't understand, but just doesn't know because he hasn't read a lot of Lovecraft. Um, so he's it's, a bitch, right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Because he's a bitch. so true. Um, <laughs> By the way, I've not watched Close Encounters yet, Zach. Thank you. 
It's nice seeing you guys. <laughs> <laughs> nice seeing uh, you guys. I'm signing off now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, no, but so he's he's kind of asked me, you know, a couple of times. And, uh, you know, I've tried to describe it to him and uh, kind of give him, you know, a little insight on it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 hard to really describe it to somebody if they haven't read it or haven't, you know, uh, had any experience with it. Yeah. And like, so when we were kind of prepping for this, when we were going to come at this from the angle of like all four of us were going to read the short story, I was on the phone with Jason and I was looking up on Google just like, okay, give me a, a list of Lovecraftian horror movies. Um, <clears throat> and like one in recent memory that I know a lot of people reference as Lovecraftian would be uh, Underwater with uh, Kristen Stewart. Oh, yeah. Um. But like, you know, go so like when I looked at the definition online, um, it was something to the effect of like the like basically like the fear of the unknown and like um what was the uh the term that they had, uh Jason? Uh, cosmic horror, maybe. Cosmic horror, yes. Um, and like I was like, okay, I can kind of get that, you know. So I'm like, cause I whenever someone says Lovecraft, I think of like almost like tentacle monsters or like um, you know, almost like along the lines of a little bit of Hellboy with like the, you know, the deities that come down with the tentacles. I was like, OK, I can kind of. Oh, grasp... Yeah, very. Yeah, very. Yeah. So I was like, OK, I can kind of grasp that. And then I go further and it's like, OK, fear of like case in point with reanimator fear of scientific discoveries and the horrors than that 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 can bring. I was like, all right, I can still get on board. And then when I go to Google, it's listing things like the Evil Dead as Lovecraft. And I was like, huh, never really thought of it that way. So it's like, it's very specific, but also broad at the same time. So I kind of wanted us to mm. touch on that while talking about the movie uh, tonight, because I think that's a really interesting, like, kind of paradox with the term Lovecraft horror. So, uh yeah, so I, I guess let's throw it over to our our writers because I know you guys read the short story and I think you guys are actually even a little bit more familiar with with Lovecraft than Jason and I. Um, Zach, you want to kind of start it off, maybe touch on your your background with Lovecraft and then Roy, you can do the same. Yeah, I haven't read much uh, by him. Um, I kind of started in college. I was interested in Herbert West, Reanimator, and then I read uh, some of the Cthulhu mythos like call of cthulhu and um i forget some of the other names oh um shadow over Innsmouth and uh at the mountains of madness i read those kind of like the classic ones not not everything by by any means but um but like you said the cosmic horror is, is kind of the fear of the unknown and and tapping into like um some kind of a fear of it's kind of a mixture of of outer space plus like other dimensions other realms and i think that's where like the the zombie aspect comes in like you said the evil dead it's like things that are dead that can be brought back are being brought back from like they're being pulled from this other realm you know like like from the beyond and uh you know that always fascinated me um and i know stephen king drew a lot of inspiration from him and a lot of stories like the mist you mentioned like the tentacle monsters and um yeah 
So I love The Mist. I was obsessed with The Mist in 2007. That came out when I was in college. And then I started going back and reading some of Lovecraft. And yeah, I just... Uh, Lovecraft wasn't a good guy, by the way. But I was just... <laughs> I was fascinated by his writing. Yeah. <laughs> he was an extreme racist person. Um, yeah. Which but... is also something that I find interesting about Lovecraftian horror as well. Is that... <clears throat> and Zach, you and I kind of touched on this before that like separating the art from the artist sort of mm -hmm. approach in that you know lovecraft horror seems to be or lovecraftian horror seems to be something that people hold in high regard despite mm -hmm. the type of person hp lovecraft was which um which you know sometimes you can do it sometimes you can separate the art from the artist and sometimes you can't um but i just find it you know i find it kind of interesting that people love Lovecraftian horror so much despite you know the person that Lovecraft was yeah it's weird because like his paradoxical he himself was kind of like he himself was kind of paradoxical because he was so open to these ideas but he wasn't open to like people themselves like he was so interested in outer space you know with the unknown you ever seen Event Horizon that was a kind of a Lovecraftian movie and speaking uh, my language bro yeah love of <laughs> so, horizon so i have and... not seen it that's actually something we're recording on sunday so i'll be watching it for the first time this week oh nice oh that's gonna be a good episode yep and i'm a <laughs> huge movie, fan that movie's gonna scare the shit out of you kevin <laughs> i've seen clips of it i've seen uh sam neil with his fucking eyes jacked up Ooh, so i'm excited there's, <laughs> there's another scene in that movie i that still freaks me out i, I Hell think about yeah. it all the time um but he was interested in that kind of stuff. And then um, not just outer space, but like the fear of the unknown. He he loved uh, the ocean, the, the unknown of the ocean, because like night to this day, 95 percent of the ocean is unexplored. So I feel like there's a lot of untapped. He knew there's a lot of untapped potential to play with there with, you know, what kind of creatures are living you know, in the oceans and stuff. And so just the imagination well, I... he had was so fascinating to me. I, I always, you know, kind of gravitated towards this stuff. I think I think that's where underwater came from, and I don't know if you guys have seen underwater. Um, and a lot of people kind of hated on it. And honestly, on the first watch of it, I was not a big fan. Um, but having watched it again, uh, I liked it a lot, actually. Yeah, I only I saw it. it. I only saw it once myself, and I wasn't crazy about it. So maybe it's worth a a rewatch where I'm giving it more of my attention. Cause I was kind of like only half watching. Um, I was like, man, this movie is really slow and not much is going on. Um, but you know, it might be worth a, a rewatch and maybe we'll do a, an episode on that uh, sometime soon. Um, now, is that the one where um, the mom marries a guy and he turns out to be like a crazy lake monster or whatever? No, it's uh it's Kristen Stewart when they're in this underwater facility and the underwater facility kind of blows up or uh, gets broken down and they're trying to uh, basically walk along the Mariana Trench. Um, it's really weird, um, okay. but it's really good. Yeah, I don't think I've seen I, that I, one. Yeah, yeah. I... I Honestly, like I said, on the first watch, I didn't know what I was watching, um, but, and I was kind of disappointed with it, um, but then watching it a second time, I was like, oh, this 
this is much better than I remember it being. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like how Diamond's in the Mariana Trench right now. We can't really see <laughs> what's, going on. <laughs> what's going on. Mariana Trench is a euphemism for butthole in this case. Yeah. <laughs> a wax one, yes. <laughs> Just slides right in. <laughs> they made special cameras for it and everything. <laughs> um so Roy, what listen, it is slick and it is pretty. So <laughs> I mean I'm just waiting to hear this like funk, funk noise going on. <laughs> Need radar in there. But in the in the meantime, uh while Jason does whatever, uh Roy, what's uh what's your background with uh Lovecraft as a writer and as just the, the concept of Lovecraft horror? Yeah, so I'm kind of in Zach's boat. I knew about him. I knew his type of horror, but I haven't really sat down and I read a whole lot. In fact, I think this might have been the first one I've read. I knew about the Cthulhu demon. I knew about the concept of cosmic horror. Um, but by and large, I never really took the time to to read his stuff. And it's not because like I didn't want to or whatever. It's just because I'm a slow reader. So I really have to kind of pick what I want to read. And if I do, I want to make it count. His is something I've always meant to go back to. I just haven't had the time yet, but I definitely plan to. Um, I was familiar with more of his horror than necessarily his specific works, just because I'll throw on a YouTube video and listen to just stuff about horror, the different types of it and everything, you know, if they're talking about like psychological horror, slasher horror, they always bring up like Lovecraftian cosmic horror. So I mainly knew him you know, for the monsters from space or different dimensions, like these beings that you just can't comprehend. Um, Bird Box is a good example of something that would be like Lovecraftian horror. Um, So, oh, I forget where I was going with that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, basically I I had the knowledge of of what he was all about, but I, I likened it to more like that outer space, different dimensions it didn't really strike me that he would focus on something like the undead or death specifically. I knew him more like these, these giant, like ancient gods from space that you just can't even wrap your head around. So that's what I was expecting. I honestly didn't even know animator was inspired by an HP Lovecraft story until you guys told me about it. And then going back and reading it, it does seem like something he would be into just because it is that unknown. It is like that mystical, weird sciencey stuff. Yeah. Well, and it's it's funny that you say Bird Box, um, because Bird Box is not one that you would think would be something that he would do, um, but it kind of is at the same time in his wheelhouse. Um, mm-hmm. And then I just watched uh, Bird Box. Uh, what is it? it? It's the second one, Bird Box. Uh, I didn't know they made a second one. Oh, they did a they did yeah, a sequel. Yeah, yeah hmm. there's a second one. Yeah, um, it, well, and actually, it was uh, it was not an American version. Um, it was uh, I th- I think um, <sighs> good lord, I think it was a French version. It wasn't Bollywood. Um, What's that? No, not Bollywood. Bollywood. <laughs> uh, but no, it it was a French Bollywood. <laughs> and the 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 second one I thought was way better than the first one. 
Hmm. Um, and that that French version was really cool. Uh, I thought it was really good. Um, but yeah, so yep, huh. just a little tangent. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what's cool <clears throat> about cosmic horrors too, too is I'll watch stuff on space, read about space, and just the vastness of it. Like I was watching one video where they put the Milky Way galaxy in a picture of that. They're like, it takes so many light years to go from Earth to Pluto, and that would take, you know, hundreds of years. And they're like, okay, now imagine like 10 Milky Ways. Well, that's our system or whatever. Now times that by 10 and times that by 10. And just learning about the science yeah. behind space, it's like, I couldn't even wrap my head around that, let alone if there's shit living out there. It would just be insane. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely... Yeah, they say we, we know more about... Oh, sorry, Kevin. Go oh, ahead. no, go ahead, buddy. So say we we scientists say I mean who knows I, I I'm stupid when it comes to science and math but apparently we know more about space than we do about our oceans. I was actually just having that conversation yeah. with my brother. Um, we were standing out at the out at the beach in Florida and we were talking about it and we were talking about would you rather be in space or like under the water and I said uh, I think I said underwater and I was like fuck that space is like open and way yeah. too expansive and he's like true but we know more about space than we do what's under the water and i said which is why it belongs to me it is well right? and it's it's weird because both of them have like the same kind of uh uh dangers because when you go too far down in the ocean you know you you have all of the pressure and everything if you're in a in a capsule that's going to cause you to implode. And that's kind of the same thing in space. Like you go out in space and you're still in danger of imploding in space. So it's, it's, it's crazy that you can do one and you can do the other and you have the same dangers. Yeah. Danger. Will Robinson. The Titan. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think specifically why I said no to space is has everyone here, Jason? I know you've seen it, but Roy and Zach, have you seen the movie Life from 2017? Yes, no, I, I love haven't. Life. I have holy, not. Holy no, I seen shit! It. So I don't want to spoil it because, like, I think the twist is a lot of fun. Life the, is the, really the, good. Yeah. And like, but the fate of a character at the very end is like one of the most terrifying things that I can ever imagine happening. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't want to give it away, but definitely go check that out. And like, the more I'm thinking about it, I'm like, eh, it might be a little bit of Lovecraft stuff in there because it is them. It's it's basically like Alien. They're discovering a um, a single celled organism that's essentially going to, you know, try to go by its its you know animalistic behaviors and try to kill everyone on board basically um but it's yeah. a little bit it's a little bit more grounded than alien i would say um so i would recommend it yeah. life from 2017 with uh jason who else in that jake gyllenhaal ryan uh, reynolds rebecca Ferguson. ryan reynolds um man so that must have been pretty big yeah it was yeah a, it's, it was yeah, a, it was a really good movie Okay. Yeah, I'll have to quit sleeping on that one. To be honest. And if you're like so I I always say that like I'm a huge fan of space horror. 
like so i love like alien and like playing video games i was a big fan of dead space Jason Jason. I, <laughs> <laughs> like i i'm just a big fan of that kind of genre um event horizon you know anything in that kind of vein um uh, and leprechaun 4 anybody <laughs> 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 yep, probably not same. leprechaun 4 all but... the listen hey listen let's not leave no, out no let's... no no, Let, wait, Jason, wait, Jason, wait. Jason, 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 Jason. Let's wait, not. Wait. Let's not. What did I do? Out, I'm sorry. What, what have I done? Let's not leave out Amity. <laughs> let's not leave out Amityville in space, please. <laughs> well, we haven't done that yet. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, I will definitely say, um, Jason X. Um, <laughs> uh, I am a big fan of. Uh, I think it's hilarious and wonderful. And anyways, uh, <laughs> which side note when so ZC Kroll Zach was on our boys show on reviewed to death, he did their episode on sleepaway camp and they were right. talking about Friday the 13th when they were talking about summer camp slashers and they started talking with each other about their favorite Friday the 13th movies. They're listing like part two and part six and Jason X. And then I was like, let me text these guys and tell them what my favorite is. And I sent over, I was like, yo, what about Friday the 13th, part five, new beginning? <laughs> and, and Marcus was like, you're one of the first people I've met to ever say that that's your favorite. The one without Jason. Yep. I mean, he's there just in spirit form and only in like 30 seconds of the film. Cause a lot of people... A lot of people love that movie, actually. I that's, do too. Favorite, I love yeah. I love the damn enchiladas. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you guys seen Annihilation with Natalie Portman? I have yes. not. We were actually yes. just talking about that. I actually like that. that movie. Yeah, it's a good one. I that's yeah, based I... off a of, that's based off a of book, right? Yeah, I've or not a book read series. it. But yeah, that movie freaked me out. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, yeah. I really liked it, um, especially. Um, the scene where, what is it? Um, I guess it's like the bear or whatever is like surrounding them and just like snarling in their face and everything. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, actually really did like Annihilation. Are you sure you weren't watching New Mutants? No, I wasn't (laughs) watching New Mutants. And I wasn't watching Cocaine Bear. (laughs) He was actually watching Brother Bear, the the Disney movie. From... <laughs> it's a special uh, edition. It takes a takes a wild turn there. Yeah, yeah. we want Brother Bear. Disc. Brother Bear unrated. The Bernstein Bears, where they just kill people. No, I was. Yeah, Brother was Bear watching, turns into the Revenant. The... <laughs> <laughs> I was watching the Paddington <laughs> sequel. Oh my God! Future pick coming soon. Paddington Two. Addington too. <laughs> My, <Next>. uh, <laughs> I was gonna say earlier on about the Lovecraft and the the movies that don't register to me as Lovecraft, but people put them there. I saw that the Lighthouse was listed as a Lovecraft movie. Oh sure, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And I had never thought about that in the sense of, I guess you know, sea creatures or whatever, because um, I know there's some weird shit with a mermaid. Um, you haven't but... seen that yet either. I have not seen the lighthouse. I Kevin, saw. What are you doing? I saw the from Robert Eggers. I saw Dude, the. Dude, that's what I keep asking him. I keep asking him 
why he hasn't watched that. He's full of shit. Don't listen to him. He has not asked me that once. I keep saying I want to watch it. I want to watch it. I have it. asked you that like twenty times. Yeah, along with okay, fifty thousand so other, along with fifty thousand other movies. All right, me, yeah, and are gonna, me and Dime are going to start well, a podcast, true. and we're going to call it like twelve oh one terrors. <laughs> <laughs> one after midnight terrors. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> That's so dumb. It is the dumbest thing I've ever said. Well, one terrors. <laughs> Me and Royal start something else up. We'll just talk about metal music. We don't need to talk about horror anymore. Six 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 terror. Six six six. T- <laughs> six 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 terrors. There we go. Only it has. Why I write week. horror and not jokes, guys. <laughs> well, the whole Midnight Terrors podcast network just us doing offshoots. <laughs> Every single like podcast that I ever involved am, am involved with has to have something about terrors in it. I want to do yeah. the rom com terrors. Rom com, I would be all about that. <laughs> <laughs> I would be all about that podcast, dude. Oh we, my god! We're rom-com also writing down terrors. everything that you're saying so we can all put it on a shirt for you. Rom com terrors. Yeah, Zach's- we could do a uh, monster in law with Jennifer Lopez. That could be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> no we'll only do all the 90s uh teen flicks 10 things i hate about you can't hardly wait empire records all that good shit <laughs> oh no i want a jersey girl and <laughs> <laughs> i love uh, kevin smith i want to do all the matthew mcconaughey ones yeah. Dazed and confused. Failure to launch. Failure to launch. <laughs> we've got, we've kicked around the idea of doing um some side podcasts before because we because we stay to horror mostly. I don't know where the fuck we are right now with this episode, but we, <laughs> way off the rails. We it's stay exactly with, where it needs to be, Kevin. Yeah, it is. <laughs> we stay fine. with horror for the most part, but we've talked about doing a like an extra side podcast for like a once a month thing where we just bullshit for a while. Um. You know, it'd be fun. Just be like everybody that we've ever met on this one show of like 50 people just shooting the shit. <laughs> got two writers and two podcasts. Well, we got to get <laughs> assholes. <laughs> two writers, two podcasters, one cup. Yeah. Yeah. That is yeah. my favorite. That is my favorite uh, go to video for that. <laughs> I know. It is. It. <laughs> it is. Jason just being like, ew. <laughs> oh god so going yeah so yeah we going going forward we bullshit like for like 45 minutes no no yeah. no there's, there's so you should rename this episode we try to talk about re <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. give it our best guys you know a similar thing happened when i was on our buddy uh from australia i was a teenage film snob james's show i was on his show with him and michael from we love horror it was supposed to be an episode about like what it is to do a podcast and like <laughs> what goes into making a podcast. And he literally named it the none, none business episode because we did not talk about anything. <laughs> like we just bullshitted for three hours and he's like, I'm not editing it. I'm just releasing the whole thing. <laughs> um, Sometimes that makes the best podcast. It does. No, there's some usable content in here. We're okay. <laughs> but uh, I want to, I want to go into, into the Lovecraft thing a little more. So Zach, Roy, you guys got to read 
the entirety of the short story. And, you know, so I, I didn't get to read all of it. I read about two chapters of it, but right out of the gate, what's, what strikes me about this movie is that compared to the story, very, very different tone. Like this movie reanimator very much exists in the, the eighties horror comedy kind of cheesy realm even though there are serious themes to it. I mean, just look at, you know, Jeffrey Combs's portrayal and look at, you know, just some of the, some of the shit that happens. It's that splatter stuff from the eighties, but the story is way different, you know, very, very eerie. Um, just that first chapter where, um, what is the narrator and Herbert West dig up their first body and they inject it with the, the reagent. And they're like, shit it didn't work we got to go mess with the formula a little bit and then they hear some like almost like demonic scream from the lab where they left the body and they're like they bolt out the door and then by the end of the chapter mysteriously the old house that they that they did the experiment in is burned down and there's like inhuman claw marks on another grave site so like very 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 different eerie tone to the story so what having read the entirety of the story for you guys, what is your take on how the film is presented versus the way that the story is portrayed? So uh, yeah, go ahead, Roy. Yeah. you Okay. Me. So when I, um, when I was researching the story of reanimator from Lovecraft, <clears throat> one of the first things I read was that it was actually written as a Frankenstein parody, which is kind of funny because it doesn't really come off like a parody. Definitely like, pays homage to it influenced by it i know when i first started reading it i immediately got frankenstein vibes just because it's these two scientists they're digging up bodies they're experimenting on bodies so it definitely had that frankenstein feel to it and what i think is pretty cool it's like that was made almost as a frankenstein parody and then the movie was almost a parody of the story just because it does get kind of goofy kind of weird um one thing i thought was cool and this kept occurring to me is how they took a story written well that takes place in like 1910 to 1920 and how they adapted it to the 80s so there's a lot of stuff that happened in 1910 that they couldn't do in the movie for example at one point they go to world war one and start experimenting on the bodies in there but I, they did a really good job of taking that story written 100 years earlier and really adapting it to a modern setting and kind of tweaking some things while really keeping the same essence of the story. Um, so I thought it stuck pretty close by to the source material overall. It was just, you know, it just had to update for the time that it wanted to take place. And I think they did a pretty good job of conveying that. Yeah, it's definitely the same spirit. Like the story has the same spirit and and not the tone, as Kevin was saying, because it's the movie's more of a comedic thing, but it definitely has that Frankenstein vibe. And I think the movie has a Frankenstein vibe too, because you have like a mad scientist who's trying to bring, you know, the dead back to life. And um I think the story's a lot creepier, you know, with the grave robbing and you know, like Kevin said, like the scratch marks and um they're doing experiments in a barn. And it's very much like Roy, you said, like it's a it's a product of its time. It takes place in that time around World War One. And I think Stuart Gordon, the director, I think because of budget reasons, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't make it a period piece. They had to actually set it in 1985 because it was 1985. And that's just what the budget allowed. And uh, 
I don't know if the movie w- would have been good if they had made it a straight adaptation of the story. I think the movie works better as it is. I, I like I love the movie. I think it's actually kind of better than the story a little bit. Like it's far more entertaining. Like <laughs> Yeah, so you you're hitting the nail on the head right there cuz that that instantly crossed my mind as well in that what would this movie be if they decided to play it more straight and you know probably go with the more um i guess renowned actor for lack of better words for Herbert West and they made it more um for lack of better comparison but almost like you know like you said Frankenstein Van Helsing Dracula type tone to it and i'm like nah this the mo- i actually agree with you that i was way more invested in the story in the movie than i was you know trying to read the actual short story because all things considered so this was my first watch of reanimator i had heard about it for years but had never seen it but i'm these days i'm all about these 80s um you know horror comedy type movies zach you and i talked about uh night of the creeps uh oh yeah you know a few months back roy you and i talked about um friday the 13th part eight jason takes manhattan like i love this era of horror and uh (laughs) zach's like enthusiasm right there when i said that (laughs) oh 80s is like that's my jam Mm -hmm. and but this one really reminded me of uh return of the living dead too that we're talking about i got that same vibe too actually in fact i often confuse these two movies i loved the shit out of this movie you know i'm so glad i finally watched it i think it is insanely well done and for as cheesy as it is and as low budget as it is there are still parts from the story that are in the movie that actually still made it kind of creepy like i was watching this late at night on saturday and was like this is still kind of kind of kind of tense you know yeah for as as silly as it is um the subject matter is serious enough and i really feel for his friend that the the character um who owns the house that that herbert's living in i think his name's dan um he's essentially the narrator of the story they don't say it outright but he he's essentially the, the guy in the movie um who's helping him out like I really feel for that character. Like he's kind of stuck in this situation where he has to keep helping him, and it's like, yeah, it just sucks. Um, it does suck. And uh, but I, this movie's full of great characters, and like, so Zach, Roy, Jason, like I just told you all, this was my first watch. Um, Roy, let's start with you. What was your what was your background on this? Had you seen this before, or was this a, a first time watch? Yeah, I honestly can't remember if I'd seen it before. <laughs> Um, like I talked about the first time I was on here, I watched a lot of this stuff when I was younger, like real mm-hmm. young, um, parts of it, it felt familiar, but like, if you ask me straight up, have I seen it? Yes or no. I'd probably have to say no. Um, but like, I, it just felt familiar and maybe it's that eighties horror vibe we we're talking about that a lot of them have. Um, but like I'd known about reanimator, I pretty sure I've seen clips of it, but I think as a whole, I don't. I can't remember ever sitting down and watching it front to back the whole way through. I gotcha. Uh, Jason, I think you had told me you weren't sure if you had seen it before because you were thinking it might have been a different movie, but correct me if I'm wrong, but this was a, a rewatch, right? Yeah, um, I rewatched it, um, and I'm pretty sure I saw it when I was like 
you know, 12 or 13, like very young. Um, but I always knew the, like the cover, like I had always seen the cover, like at Blockbuster or whatever. So I was familiar with it, but, um, I couldn't remember a whole lot of details about the movie or whatever. Um, but I did rewatch it and <laughs> I enjoyed it and I thought it was cool. Um, and you know, it's, uh, I, I found a lot of similarities to like the thing. Hmm. Like with them, like injecting, well, not even with them injecting the fluid into the heads or like the different body parts or whatever, but it was just like those body parts coming alive and then like the head being alive <laughs> um, and stuff like that. So like I kind of got a lot of those similarities from the thing with this movie um and he, you know i liked it um uh it was it was just really different um <laughs> and i i i enjoyed it like i thought it was i thought it was really cool after not seeing it for a very long time um i did enjoy watching it so Zach, you're when did you first see Reanimator? Was this a something you saw early on or something you discovered later? Well, I'd always known about it. I, I think the first like reference I'd heard about you, you guys ever seen American Beauty with Kevin Spacey from nineteen ninety nine? They make a reference to it in that movie because uh Oh yeah. And I was always like, What's this reanimator movie? But I hadn't seen it until after I had seen The Mist in college. I think it was two thousand seven. And I was reading about like all the inspirations for that. It was, you know, they were saying it was Lovecraftian. So I started looking up Lovecraftian movies and I was like, who is this Lovecraft guy? And everyone was talking about Reanimator. And I think it was banned in a lot of countries. It might have been one of the first video nasties. I don't know if you guys know about the video nasties from the 80s. I think it might have been on that list. I could be wrong, but it was hard to find the original uncut one in video stores. And that scene that I joked about that you had just said, I don't think that was even in on a lot of VHS copies back then. I, I think it finally made it in the uncut version, which again, I could be wrong, but um, so I was always fascinated by that stuff. I, I've always been fascinated by like censorship and like finding like uncut versions of movies like Dawn of the Dead and Evil Dead 2. Um, so I found Reanimator and I watched it in college and I was just like, what the hell is this? This is just like so beyond what they make nowadays <laughs> and like even like you know you mentioned cabin fever the last one you did i think this is even crazier than than that in some places and uh i think the effects are amazing in this mm -hmm. some of the effects yeah for, for the time <laughs> oh no absolutely um, but it kind of got it was kind of a gateway into you know finding more of uh yeah. you know finding more lovecraftian movies you ever seen from beyond no, but when I when I was looking at this movie, um, and I was looking at the cast list of you know Barbara Crampton and um Jeffrey Combs from Beyond, I guess came out like really quickly after this one. So I'm probably yeah. gonna be checking that out because I'm like, well, if they all jumped over to this one, because that's also Stuart Gordon, 
Um, That's a wild will, movie. Yeah, I will be uh, checking that out for sure. Um, like I said, I'll I'll dive into eighties horror all day long. I love this decade of horror. Um, yeah. and and then there was stuff that I had seen that I didn't know mm-hmm. was Lovecraftian until I saw Reanimator and I was looking at the list. I was like, Event Horizon, I'd already seen like in high school, and I was mm-hmm. like, then you start to like connect the dots of all the themes that are you know, you know, there's like a thread that that goes through each one and. So yeah, that's yeah, we're, my, my background. We're actually gonna do um Event Horizon uh, next week, right, Buck? This uh pretty much, yeah, this Sunday. Yeah. Um it'll, it'll be coming out uh very soon. Event Horizon, I think, is one of the most underrated movies like ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's so good. Um and you know like people <clears throat> excuse me um people kind of hate on it a little bit and i'm like no this movie is fantastic um and of course there's there's parts of it that you can you know you can pick apart um some of the special effects and stuff <laughs> like that are a little janky but I think it it gets more hate specifically because of the who the director is with it being uh, Paul W.S. Anderson. And like, yeah, I've heard people just refer to him as a bad director. And I'm like, um, no, (laughs) like you cannot like look at movies of his that you didn't like and then say he's just a bad director all around. Um, Because even the pieces of Event Horizon that I have seen are very well directed as cheesy as it is, that first Mortal Kombat movie is, you know, a well-crafted flick. Um, and, like, even with some of the Resident Evil movies, like, you know, they're still pretty masterful with the way things are, uh, you know, portrayed with the zombies and everything. Yeah, some of those are pretty damn good. The, the first mm-hmm. one I, I really like a lot, the first Resident Evil. Yeah, I, I, did, a, <laughs> I did a whole movie day uh about two or three years ago, I watched all six of those in one day <laughs> with uh, with a friend of mine. That that was a journey. That's impressive, man. <laughs> That's impressive. Yep, I'll tell you what, that. the first Resident Evil movie, I went into it expecting like a straight remake of the game. So the first oh, time no. I saw it, yeah, the first time I saw it, I was just like, what is this? But then after I watched it again, I was like, okay, this is kind of cool because they're not just retelling the same story. They're really making it their right. own thing. And I enjoyed it more for that. Well, I've yet to well, get to the then, latest um, one because Welcome to welcome. Raccoon City was not out yet when I did the marathon. So I have not seen it yet, but I know Jason views it as a step up from the, the six. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Raccoon City is, is dope. It's really good. I love it. I thought it was fantastic. It, it's the, I did too. the spirit I of the game. I'm, yeah, I'm a huge fan of the games and that got the spirit of the games down to a T, I think. Well, and so, I especially was... the first two. I watched Welcome to Raccoon City <clears throat> and then um here just like a week ago I started uh playing the Resident Evil 2 remake. Nice. And I was like, oh my god, this is like <laughs> like <laughs> they they totally killed it. Like they did the they did it perfectly. Um and so I loved it. Hell yeah. 
Well, Resident yeah. Evil is going to come up again later towards the the end of the episode. Looking at you, uh, Mr. R. Jacob Honeybrook. <laughs> you caught me. Ooh. Yep, I got you. I got you. But uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll jump on into the movie reanimator. We did our serious talk. Now let's have fun with the masterpiece of this 80s horror movie. So right out of the gate, I know that I'm in an 80s horror movie because that head melt with uh, Herbert West's opening experiment at the beginning. Yeah, they put like little. Uh, I was re- I was watching the special features. They put little bladders in that guy's eyes, and they were blowing air through it, so they kind of like popped <laughs> open and was squirting out air. It is gross, dude. Like these I love effects, effects like right? That. Me too, dude. Like right yeah. out of the gate, I was just like, oh shit! <laughs> but these effects are awesome, and yeah. uh, you it's know, so we- refreshing to see those type of effects after so much CGI these days. To see the practical effects, even if they're not done that well, it's just cool because you know it's actually happening and it's actually there. Yeah, so much all- artistry. Like that's a lot of jobs that that are you know put that are put into that no uh, that's that's absolutely correct like uh, i mean even if you're looking at 80s you know or early 90s you know whatever like when they do practical even if it kind of looks cheesy it's still good like you know um (laughs) and i think probably what you might be referring to is like the the eyeball explosion or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah. it it's still it's it, it, even if it even if it kind of looks cheesy, it looks better than CGI. Yeah. You know? oh, absolutely. Um and like, you know, speaking of you know practical effects, like we've touched on it already, but for those listening, if Stuart Gordon doesn't ring a bell. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That is the director. That <laughs> this is his first movie. Great, he did Reanimator and then did movie. the Disney movie, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Great movie. Um, he's. I mean, he's masterful at his directing, man. And like you know, directing these practical effects, like dude, dude knows what the hell he's doing. Um, yeah. so like I loved this opening scene. I thought it was super, super chilling that we start with already establishing herbert west as this just eccentric character and we gotta throw lots of love to jeffrey fucking combs as herbert west we just talked about this guy for his character in the frighteners which we also loved um just the because we were i was laughing because i had never seen the frighteners and when when he's like i have a problem with women yelling and he throws up whenever they they yell at him (laughs) like i just love jeffrey combs and like man he's got this character like perfected and he's also in 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 this movie and in frighteners he's he's almost kind of the same character very much Um, so but it just being just weird and just kind of squirrely and you know whatever um I like the way that he goes about it. So, you know, it's, it's funny. Yeah. Um, And it's, it's, it's squirrely and it's weird and, uh, you know, you don't know how to take it and it's, it's good. Yeah. It's like that fine line he plays between being a total creep, but also kind of a nerd too. He does it really well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, he, uh, I mean, just when he gets introduced and we meet our our main character, Dan, who is dating 
uh, Megan, played by Barbara Crampton, who is fucking stunning, by the way. Every single time she pops up. To she this is, day. Yeah. She's stunning. <laughs> she is fucking gorgeous, dude. Yeah. Like, uh, she was at a con not far from me before, and I was like, almost, there wasn't a huge amount of people that I wanted to go talk to, but I almost went because Barbara Crampton was there. I was just like, damn, I'd love to talk to her. But she's fantastic. Uh, love her in uh, Your Next. I think that movie is uh, mm. insanely underrated and so funny yeah. and so clever. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's fantastic, man. She's stunning and she's very talented. So I was happy to see her here because I had honestly forgotten that she was going to be in this. Um, And, you know, again, so we I mean, you were talking about Jeffrey Combs being like almost squirrely, but almost like very aware of what he's doing. The scene where he shows up to Dan's uh, like living space and is just like, oh, I'm here about the room that you posted for rent. And of course, you get the West, Herbert West, like just very like soft spoken and quirky. But I love that he is talking about moving in and he goes, I have my things outside. Shall I move in now? And my note says it's like 10 p.m. at night, dude. And, and he pulls out the that the money. He's like, "Oh, there's no need for any discussion. I'm, I'm like ready right now." Well, I love that Barbara Crampton's like, you know, maybe you know, sleep on it and you know, put some thought into it before you decide anything. And Herbert West just goes, "I've decided." She's a great actress too, because you can see in her face what she's really saying is like, "This guy's a creeper. We need to talk about yeah. this, Dan." Yeah, <laughs> without saying it. Yeah, her introduction to me was very funny when Dan and uh, her character Megan first meet up in the hallway and they start necking and she's they're playing around and she's like no 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 and then it just did you say necking i did say necking (laughs) are you like fucking 50 shut up dude where i come from it's called doing the hibbity dibbity (laughs) like what was that shut up dude (laughs) necking necking I'm going to neck you from this call, you <laughs> asshole. Pixar didn't happen. I'm going to fuck your mouth from this call. How's that? Whoa. Oh, man. <laughs> no, thank you, sir. Necking. <laughs> Necking. God, shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> This is My that damn Jurassic necking. But that... okay, go ahead. Yes, yes. <laughs> this is that damn Jurassic Park blooper all over again. Jesus Christ. This is the kind of Lovecraftian uh, content. Damn, what just happened? You being a shithead, that's what happened. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm here for. Yes, I fucking know, but pause it for two seconds. (laughs) Okay, Jeffrey Combs, did you know that he was also in House on Haunted Hill from 1999? He was the the mad doctor. Hold on. All right. All right. Five seconds. Five seconds. Pause. Um, <laughs> have you heard about this wild new trend the kids are doing it's called necking jason i was using shorthand because they were he was doing the make out on the neck thing i was trying to make it quick just shut the hell up for two seconds bro they parked over by the lake on a uh, lover's lane <laughs> yeah okay. emulating killer clowns from Ooh. outer space your favorite movie okay all right <laughs> All that, all that fifties sci-fi. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude! I'm sorry, I can't. I'm all right, all right. Ooh, 
All right, all right. <laughs> Everybody good? All right. <laughs> Can you hold it in now, or do I need okay. to wait still? Yeah, so who, who was necking? Who was... God. <laughs> so, since Jason wants to act like a child right now, they're making out oh. in the hallway, and then she's like playing around and they're like no 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 giggling and then it just smash cuts to sex and it's yes 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 i'm like oh that's very 80s of you as well thank you <laughs> smash cuts to the smashing smash cuts <laughs> to the smashing and what exactly were they doing kevin what what, what do you think they were doing well, they, well, well, yeah that that's a good question what was going on kevin in the bedroom i think he was going raw dog anal <laughs> 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 oh i mean i mean i was expecting chili dog but whatever oh <laughs> god reminds me of the old cleveland steamer <laughs> I think right, they so were in sunday they're going to be recording event horizon they're going to be talking about event horizon <laughs> jason you remember why I, you remember at the beginning when i didn't say our podcast name right this is fucking why because i don't know what is going on right now <laughs> It's ele- it's a, this is eleven fifty nine terrors right now. It's 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 <laughs> it's because I make this podcast amazing. <laughs> God, humble yourself, Jesus. I'll I'll try to. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that that smash cut to the smashing made me laugh. That's also going on a shirt, by the way, Roy. Smash cut to the smashing. <laughs> I love it. I'll take my royalties. Midnight Terror <laughs> smash cut to the smash. <laughs> I'm thinking the back of our church should say chili dog. <laughs> oh, God. We're never going to get through this fucking movie. <laughs> We're, what, also, five minutes into it? <laughs> yeah, also because I'm forgetting my the context of my notes. And my note says Herbert West a savage. <laughs> i think Accurate. i'm referring to just how shitty he is towards dr hill who i did not pick up on that he was going to be the villain so i was like damn herbert west is just being a prick to this guy and then i'm like oh this guy's a piece of shit never mind one thing i noticed whenever... <laughs> sorry go ahead. Yeah, oh, absolutely one thing i noticed whenever they were doing that scene where he was like ripping the guy's head up and he takes the brain out in like the medical experiment room mm-hmm I just really realized how much the sound effects were in this and how much they added to it. Like everything in here, it just sounds like gruesome. Like you hear like that in the. Yep. And no, I, that, that is very, very true. Like, uh, like I was sitting there watching it and I've seen it before, but um, having not watched it in a while, like hearing just the, like just, Hearing all the gross sound effects. We touched on that terrible. in the cabin fever episode as well when we were talking about the le- the leg shaving scene. Yep. Where she's shaving her skin off her leg and it's crazy. Oh, oh man, that scene is I have to like yeah. almost close my eyes from that scene. That's brutal. <laughs> it yeah. Is, it is brutal. Yeah. Um and Herbert West is brutal because he fucking uh I mean they never like fully clarified, but it is strongly implied that he did kill their cat. Oh yeah. Mm. And yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, he definitely did. <laughs> yeah, my my note says, please don't tell me Herbert West did something to the cat, Rufus. Of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it did lead to 
also, I mean, this this right here is where like kind of the tension came in for me, because I said credit where credit is due. As cheesy as this movie is, the music and like the the directing where Barbara Crampton is looking for the cat after it's like not been meowing and she's creeping through the hallways and all the lights are off and she's approaching Herbert West's like bedroom is for all intents and purposes kind of fucking creepy. Yeah. I was like, okay, I know we're going to find a dead cat, but like, it's just the way Stuart Gordon directs it is just like, fuck man. Like, I don't actually know what's going to, what's going to go on here. I mean, he was kind enough to bring the cat back after he killed it. So I did. I do. I think I do have a note later that says this poor fucking cat, dude. It's like smashed up into pieces because Dan threw it at the wall. <laughs> and like it just comes back in like three different pieces. And then he's like, hold on, I can bring it back. I'm like, this poor cat, dude. Like, stop. Yeah, there's lots um, of smashing going on because he smashes the cat afterwards. <laughs> yep, for sure. And uh, I did laugh. I did get a laugh when, uh, when they find the cat in Herbert West's like refrigerator or whatever. And he's like, Oh, I put it in there because I didn't want you to come home to the dead cat. I was going to show you it later. <laughs> and just the fact that he's like, you couldn't have called or left a note. And Herbert West says, what would a note say? Cat dead details later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wrote that, that down too. <laughs> a very good that, point. That actually made me laugh. I was like, I almost wish that that's what he would have done. Like, it's not funny that the cat died, but like just the note of cat dead details later <laughs> would be so fucking surreal. Um, yeah, that whole then... sequence. Oh, sorry. That, that whole sequence in the basement when Dan wakes up here and the cat screeching and then they go down there with, with the light kind of like swinging around. Very creepy. I actually, that was my next note, was the creature scream that woke Danny up, scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Like, I get very true to the story there. It was very, like, demonic sounding, the way that that, the cat screech came out from nowhere. And then we go into weird slapstick where, like, there's no cat visible whatsoever, but they are smashing everything in this basement like there is something there. Yeah, it's pretty questionable when it's on his back. I don't know about the effects there, but I, I still adored it. It's fantastic. I thought for a second he said, no, it's okay. Don't get it off me. But then he was saying, get it off me. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think he begins saying, don't get it off me or it's okay. And then <laughs> immediately is like, get it off. <laughs> okay. So I'm not crazy. I did hear it. Right. But yeah, it is. Yeah. Kind of I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the, that's the way it went. It is kind of funny, though, that like they're trying to find it. It's literally like two minutes of them trying to find this cat in the darkness. And they're just like, it's right there. It's right there. And we are seeing none of this. But they are just smashing all the shelves and throwing shit. And then he, Danny finds the cat and fucking just like a baseball chucks it at the wall. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then it just explodes against it. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? And you know what? Now that we're talking about it, that scene of the cat on his back reminds me of the killer rabbit from the Monty Python movie. Oh, yes. It reminded me of a lot of stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've seen this at least. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I I mean, I mean, I was just waiting for Dr. Hill later oh, to say, really big <laughs> I was waiting for Dr. Hill later to be like, tis but a flesh wound. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, again, I said this poor cat, man, brought it back to life all fucked up. <laughs> like, 
uh and then i did you know i started to question danny because i'm like what the fuck danny he just killed your cat and you know this now but you're like now you're cool with him i'm <laughs> like i didn't quite get why he was so enticed to to assist herbert from this point on yeah i think herbert was trying to blackmail him he was like oh well i'll send this and that and that you're helping me with these experiments or something or maybe that was in the morgue i might be thinking wrong uh, but i know okay. one point he was trying to blackmail him into helping him yeah okay. okay that part i did not catch so that that actually makes sense then because i was the whole movie i was like why is he still working with this guy yeah, I think he said, like, oh, how would it look if you're sleeping with the dean's daughter and you're letting oh, this guy that's reanimate? Right. That's what it was. House. Yeah, I think I think West's point during the cat scene in the basement, he was, I think Dan's, um, I think West's point was, like, every doctor's dream is, is to have this discovery that they can bring back life. Like, that's every uh, doctor's, like, wish is that they could do that. And now that they're on right. the brink of this discovery, Dan's, like, Oh shit, yeah, maybe we're on to something here and let's do it. I think that's where it starts and then it turns into the blackmail kind of. Okay. Yeah. That uh that makes sense. And yeah, so I mean, at that point, you know, Herbert West has introduced the reagent which we did see earlier on, which this thing does look cool and that's what uh Zach's lighting is paying homage to is the reagent from <laughs> from Reanimator. Um but you know, so they start doing their experiments and i forget the context of this note as well but at some point they were talking about something about a meatball or meatballs <laughs> and they go to the morgue and herbert west and danny are looking for a corpse to to try the reagent on to bring it back to life and herbert west looks at a corpse that's like all discolored and goes there's your meatball <laughs> it's like god yeah dan is sneaking herbert into the the morgue and he and he says <clears throat> i think he tells the guard that he was hit by a truck so that's why he calls him a meatball and then when they find the body in the yeah. morgue he, he actually was hit by a truck and he's like there's your meatball yeah, <laughs> so like... he's, not, he's not a useful body because <laughs> all the organs are not intact and, and then like just that. the yeah. fact that they lift up the sheet over another one and they take a whiff and they go oh god he's rotten <laughs> and they have to like quickly put it back down because the corpse stinks like there's just weird humor that's inserted throughout this yeah it's funny because like people who have those jobs they do have that type of humor from what i've read because it's so they're well, so desensitized yeah. to it and you could not pay me a, like a million dollars a year to do that job i could not see that stuff i couldn't even be the security guard that was sitting out out front no. guarding the morgue no, um, I, can, I can watch that i can watch movies and stuff and i can write about it but actually being there on the scene i don't know if it's just me if you guys can handle it but i couldn't do that um, I'll tell you. yeah for me to be honest um and i've said this uh quite a few times uh that i can watch a million horror movies and they can be as nasty as possible mm. like it People getting torn apart, you know, getting bones broken, whatever. And that doesn't bother me because I know that it's fake. But yeah. if I watch like actual surgery or, you know, whatever, I can't do that. Like, mm -hmm. I cannot do that. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's why I actually 
early on when I was a kid, I wanted, I actually wanted to be a veterinarian. Um, and I was just like, dude, I cannot operate on animals. I could not, you know, cut open a dog. Like I, I, or, you know, anything like that. Um, there's no way I could do it or, or a person. There's no way I could be a doctor or a veterinarian or anything like that. As long as I know it's fake, I'm fine. But if I try to watch any kind of actual surgery, no, sir. <laughs> yeah. Jason, you talking about the uh, gallows humor, working in journalism, police, morticians, coroners, they all have that same sense of humor, you know. A lot mm -hmm. of times if there was a fatal crash, a fire or whatever, I would have to, always have to call the police, the coroner, you know, we're, we're always just laughing about bad shit we shouldn't be laughing about. It was the same in the newsroom, but you just, you just get to this point where you see this horrific shit every day that if you don't joke about it or let off some steam, it's just going to eat you up. So yeah. Yeah. Well, firsthand, it's, I, it's I can tell you. It's funny because my, my mom is a nurse practitioner um, mm -hmm. and she's done everything from you know <laughs> severing people's fingers off to uh, uh, you name it she's done it um, and she worked in the burn unit for a long time um you know giving people skin grafts and then scraping off their skin and all this stuff and she's like you know, I can do all that, but if she sees somebody throw up, she can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the line. Yeah, because she doesn't she's, see it every day. She's, yeah. she's not used to seeing that every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's like, my, and, and my... She laughs. She laughs about it. She's like, dude, I can, I'll tear your finger off and I can do this and that and, uh, you know, whatever. And it doesn't phase me, but if you throw up, <laughs> That's, that's, that's not happening that's so funny man there was one time i sent uh i sent our photog to this fire and i was on the phone with him like well, what are you seeing do you think it's fatal or whatever and he has him on the phone with him he's like well i just fell over the body so i'm gonna say it's a fatal fire oh, <laughs> dude, I was, God. dude i was gonna say i have a friend who uh was involved with firefighter work for a while and he introduced me to someone else that he worked with that was like a full-time firefighter. And they were talking about all the shit that they'll see like when they're out on a job. And he's like, how's your, the, his friend looks at me and goes, how's your stomach with this stuff? I'm like, eh, fine, I guess. He's like, all right, take a look at my phone. And it was a long shot photo of a body that had been like spliced into two like halves. Uh, <laughs> like in a car wreck or some weird accident i was just like all right and i just i mean what do you say to that looks um, good and uh <laughs> i was saying that and then i'm thinking of uh a, a scene that jason and i always reference from scary movie three <laughs> where they're uh where they're ripping off signs <laughs> and charlie sheen's <laughs> wife gets pinned to the tree <laughs> the cops yeah, like, yeah. the she's cops basically like, cut in half. Yeah, the cops yeah. like she's split in half. Look what happens to the taco. Yeah, and she breaks a taco, and she's like, "This is your wife." And she breaks a hot dog, and Charlie Sheen goes, "She broke her wiener." 
<laughs> well, no, no. My favorite part is when he's like, um, how much time could I spend with the bottom half? <laughs> he's like, you mean this is this is the last time I can talk to the top half? She goes, yes. And he goes, holds up a donut and goes, this. let's say this is her bottom half. Can I squeeze in a few minutes with that? She's like, I'm not sure what you mean. And he holds up a hot dog next to the door and he goes, let me explain and starts to talk. And she's like, go to her. <laughs> uh, scary movie three. Those first three scary movies are so good. We actually, we also just referenced the, oh, let me give you a little pinch there. Let me use my strong hand. <laughs> give you a little beep boop, beep boop on the nose. I cook it with all the giblets, the penises and the giannies. Giannies. <laughs> He's mixing the mashed potatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just give them a little whisk. Now Just a lot whisk of, them up. Yeah. Now, a lot of people like to base their turkeys, but I use this and starts licking it. I just lick them. <laughs> get, 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 get in the little honey, honey hole. I don't know now, what the hell, I don't know what the hell that is, but I lick it anyway. I'm going to lick it anyway. <laughs> and then I like to get that right on there. How you want that? Anyways, oh, how do we Re get on So this? Reanimator, great movie. Um, yeah, so Reanimator. Anyway, <laughs> so we keep so we keep going, and we finally get a look at the first reanimated corpse. And fucking hell, man! Once again, these corpses are kind of creepy. I don't know if it's just their blank expressions, or if it's the way they move, or the inhuman sounds that they make. But they transform this like hulking man to a reanimated corpse and it starts beating them up and it's just like wow <laughs> these practical effects are really good and creepy yeah, it's so good it acting like... too because he, he looks like he's in agony and like you really mm -hmm. believe that he's like not enjoying being a zombie which seems to be true to the story based on what I saw because when they do reanimate a corpse they said it had a blank expression of terror yeah. Um, and did make inhuman sounds um, while doing it. And Roy, this is where I got the vibes of Return of the Living Dead as as well as with when this first reanimated corpse comes back. Yeah. Yeah. And too, with the, with the, the zombies, you know, they honestly just look like corpses that are moving. They don't really look like your typical zombie. Their skin's not gray. It's not falling off. They're not decomposing. They're like freshly killed people. Mm -hmm. And I think just giving off that that feeling just makes it that much weirder that much creepier that's a really good well point. i never that's... thought about that that that's like they're not zombies in that yeah. sense but they are still people that have like almost reverted to their to like their animalistic traits mm. um case in point when uh when dr halsey megan's uh dad has been turned and uh, especially after he's lobotomized by Dr. Hill, who is slowly and very creepily revealing that he's the villain of the movie. After he lobotomizes uh, Dr. Halsey and Dr. Halsey's just in the corner, like, like, I don't know what it is, man. It's so that scene where Megan is creeping up behind her dad to like talk to him and see if she can kind of wake him up from whatever's going on with him is like, unreasonably tense compared to the stuff that was coming out in the 80s because like we're you know we're balls deep into friday the 13th and nightmare on elm street oh and... no hey there we go hey we lost oh. we lost bucky damn there it he is. where did you, where did you lose me 
balls deep. Balls deep. Oh, I'm sure you got a good laugh out of that. And I said that's usually my line. So I was saying um, I was saying at that point with the the scene of Megan sneaking up behind her dad after he's been lobotomized is like unnecessarily good compared to where we were with the rest of 80s horror because we're balls deep into Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, um, just say balls deep again. Just shut up and it's just go with it. And we're <laughs> into the Halloween sequels and all these other... I'm just ignoring it. All these other right. sequels. I'm going to say balls deep like 20 times on every other episode. Listen, I've come up with circle jerk, necking, balls deep, uh, fillet. Sm- uh, well, that was Roy's. Smash. That was, that was Roy. I apologize. Yeah. Smash cut to the smashing. <laughs> um, this is a monumental episode. It mm-hmm. is a monumental episode. <laughs> Which side note? Settle a settle a discussion we've had. If you're using the verb, like we talked about fellatio, and we're using the verb of that, is it fellatio or fellatio? If you are fel- if you are doing it to someone. You're fellating. I thought it was fellating. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Okay, fellating. Or is it fellatiating? <laughs> I I thought I it was would... uh I thought it was fillet of fishing. Mm. <laughs> we could just keep it simple and call it sucking you... dick. <laughs> well, yeah. That'd hey, be... it's all in- it's inclusive to Jainies as well. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i love when jason oh can't God. keep it i love when jason can't keep it together and just has to keep <laughs> laughing <laughs> oh my god this episode all right about those zombies so, <laughs> so halsey um very creepy oh what the singer yeah <laughs> no uh so long story short, this this movie actually has a lot more craft when it comes to scares to it. Or scares I'd like my it. story to be a little longer. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I just have no words to that. It's just the wild card of the of the show. Every single oh, time. Jesus. Okay, I can't breathe. All right, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Hey, real quick, st- talking about talking about the zombies in this. <laughs> talking about sucking dick. What? I heard that's what the zombies are trained to do. They suck don't dick? eat you; they just suck your dick and go away. I mean, that <laughs> sounds like my like, kind of apocalypse. I mean, I mean, that sounds like a a uh, nice way to greet someone. Ooh, that's yeah. a good movie. Let's make that common. Let's. Make- that's what I'm talking Dude. about. Jason, well, after we, we after we, we finish making, sharks. I was gonna say we after we finish, sharks. after we finish making, <laughs> after we're gonna we, call it a uh, animator. <laughs> <laughs> after we finish making ass sharks, we will make dick zombies. <laughs> They're just zombies that are super fast and run to suck your dick. <laughs> But Wait, no, have I told you guys about... they just come and rip your dick off. Nate gives us the best of both worlds. They walk around instead of their hands going down like this. They walk out like this in the ball tickling position, like. They <laughs> come at you like this. Right. <laughs> 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 
Oh my god. These are the zombies that will blow your brains out. <laughs> they don't walk around saying brains, they go dicks. Blade. <laughs> Balls. Balls. Oh my god. Must eat calm. <laughs> I'm so honored to be on the last episode of Midnight <laughs> Glad we could be a part of this. <laughs> it's the best series finale I've ever been a part of. <laughs> oh fucking hell dude I'm trying, I'm trying to keep it together you know we got some good brainstorm going here this is either going to make a great b-movie or an awesome form listen zach got to meet Ooh. director bill z bub who made the movie <sighs> ant farm dickhole oh. there are no bad ideas Ooh. i was gonna ask you the man. I, couldn't, I couldn't remember if i told you guys about dick shark or not so roy you know about bill Zebub? <laughs> Yeah, dude, we used to, uh, in high school, we had these collections of just not even B-horror movies, like Z-level horror movies. Yeah. And it was called Tuma Terrors, and it was just a bunch of pretty much home movies. Yeah. And one name that kept popping up was Bill Z-Bub. <laughs> dude, yeah. So I met him in Cincinnati. Or No, I, I Kevin, did I make you meet him? Because I, no. I made the horror dads meet him, and it no, was like, I, I they was were not... traumatized. I was not with you when you guys met him. You guys met him before we met up at uh, Scarioke that night. Yeah, and then he gave me uh, a Blu-ray copy of his movie, uh, Texas Chainsaw Mascara, Ooh. which is fantastic. <laughs> I remember he would always work with an actress. I think her name was Cindaville or something like that. It was. Yeah, I think I think she's still around. Yeah. Okay. I, what's his one movie called? Like I Killed the Scream Queen or something. <laughs> And it's like his chick so. tied up to a tree the whole time. It's just ridiculous. I want to do a series of his movies on this show sometimes. Well, he said he'll do my podcast, and I'm so yeah, dude. Oh, that'd I'm be so, sick. Because uh, I told uh, the horror dads, I was like, you need to have him on yours too, and they're like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know about that. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm gonna have him on. So <laughs> we hell with you guys. We hell with you guys. We got a um on uh on our midnight terrors facebook not too long ago we got a recommendation from someone uh that we have not met but i guess they found out about our show uh through our friend mr j when he was playing music uh <clears throat> out in the town and she's like hey i've been listening to your show uh for a few months love the we had just finished we had just released the episode on poultry guys night of the chicken dead <laughs> <laughs> and uh she was like, have you ever heard of this movie, One-Eyed Monster? And I didn't register that that was talking about a dick. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, killer dick movies, man. We we need more of them. Please bring it on. <laughs> Jason's well, just now calming down. I, I just composed myself. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this rivals the fucking Brotherhood of the Wolf episode. Pretty good. <laughs> I've not listened to that one. Pretty damn good. Oh, it's our latest crossover with Reviewed to Death. It's fucking wild. Oh, man, we got to get those guys on here. Dude, I'm waiting. October trivia hosted by ZC Kroll, Midnight Terrors versus Reviewed to Death. 
Yeah, I want to do that, and I want to do. I'm planning a Halloween spooktacular, which I just want to have a bunch of people on and just have a four hour just. Oh, talk dude, about those, yeah. those guys are so good. They're they so are. funny. We love them. They're so much fun. Yeah, Roy, you should go on there and shoot the shit with them. Oh, dude, Roy, you should totally go on Reviewed to Death. Oh, yeah. I hear you guys talk about them all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah, They're they're funny as hell. They're our boys. We have to shoot them a message. Oh, yeah. And we'll I'll let them know who you are and everything. Um, Cool. They, uh, well, excuse me. We uh, we kind of we kind of find our or found our stride. With I think the first episode was it the first episode we did with them, but yeah, yeah, when we did the Santa Slay episode, yeah, we did a Santa Slay episode. With all them it took and... was is that it... the Bill Goldberg movie? I believe <laughs> yes. so. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god! Yes, that was the very first time we met them. That's the infamous moment where Jason took a piss on the episode and didn't know how to turn <laughs> his microphone off. <laughs> Dude, we. <laughs> We laughed so hard <laughs> doing that episode, and I I don't even know how it went off so hard, but it like it was just perfect. Yeah, uh, we had so much fun with them. Uh, they're yeah, great we... guys. They're really funny, um, and they're just they're just cool dudes. Um, yeah, we and, we love them. Yeah, and we just we just had a lot of fun with them. I want to um, I want to organize a midway meetup for all of us one of these days where like everybody that we've met through the show can all just converge in one location. So like me, Jason, you, Roy, you, Zach, reviewed to death, uh, fucking Michael horror from We dads. Love Horror, James, the horror dads, like everybody can just have a big old party. Yeah, yeah that would be awesome. Like, that would be the shit. I think we um, could put on a con too. Somehow, oh, I was actually thinking about that too, man. Could you yeah. imagine re- if like all I really of us think we could. hold our resources and put together a con? Yeah, and I, I, I think we, we know it. so many people just among like the guests we've had on and stuff. I think we could easily make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if yeah. we got enough people together, I think it's very plausible. Yeah, dude, and me, like, I'm trying to push more for live events on the podcasting side as well. Uh, we haven't announced it yet. We just booked our first live podcast event for October. Dude, that's awesome. We're going to awesome, we're gonna be yeah, at a brewery excited. and do two live podcast segments. We'll have some live entertainment. We're going to do like a, like a costume contest, quick round of horror trivia. So we're excited. And I was almost so thinking, cool. I'm like, dude, if we did this again, is there a way that we could get reviewed to death and ZC Kroll and Royd all call in? And be a part of the episode. Oh hell yeah! You know that would be fucking awesome. Yeah. Um. So re- reanimator. <laughs> oh yeah, is that so, what we're talking about? <laughs> we're, yeah, there's there's actually a movie we're talking about. Well, I mean, you know, all things considered, it is a great movie. <laughs> there's not a huge amount to dive into with the plot. Slowly but surely, Doctor Hill starts to reveal himself as the villain. He's the one that basically wants to blackmail Herbert West for this research um, about the reanimation of the corpses because all throughout the movie, Herbert West and Dr. Hill, who's a a teacher at this university, this medical school, um, they've just had this back and forth constantly. And Herbert West will even go as far as to break pencils at him whenever Dr. Hill says something wrong. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I do love that part. (laughs) I'm like, oh, God, that is annoying, dude. Stop it. 
Uh, but basically, Dr. Hill is, and I did not pick up on this until it was shoved into my face as the movie went on. He is infatuated with Dr. Halsey's daughter, Megan Barbara Crampton. Um, I'll shove he, something into your face. His head got shoved into something. <laughs> yeah. And it gets. So too bad he wasn't more infatuated with buying a better wig. <laughs> <laughs> So true. So true. Um, but he basically wants to steal Herbert West's uh, research and, you know, become rich off of it. Uh, but and, you know, Herbert West seems to give in, but then he fucking whacks him in the back of the head with a shovel. And decapitates him, probably which is sure probably does. the best pa- practical effect in the movie is uh, Herbert West using a shovel to decapitate Dr. Hill. Um, yeah. That was very- that was a very hatchet gore scene. Yeah, that's that's what stood out to me was that, that shovel kill. I haven't had it in my notes somewhere around here. Like, oh yeah, I just just thought like, wow, this movie, this movie is like, there's not a ton of gore, but when there is gore, they really make it count. Like the whole yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, they it's definitely all very memorable. Yeah, they use it sparingly, and that's when we're introduced to Doctor Hill having been reanimated i couldn't figure out like it's kind of herbert west's fault that all this shit happens because he still decides to reanimate dr hill and he injects his head and he injects the corpse and the corpse is now going to be the villain and walk around carrying the severed head of dr hill which is definitely a very cool uh practical effect and again very very creepy just the fact that he's got that real raspy talk dr hill when he's like, you bastard. I was like, Ooh. yeah. And it's also creepy too, how the body is wearing that, that wax head, that, mm-hmm. that head of like a, what am I looking for? Like the skull and it's like half muscle. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. And it has like the doctor mask on. I don't know. Just seeing that eye sticking out of it. Like, yeah, I love and this, that. And the security guard noticed nothing when he like, finagles his way into the door with a with a mask on (laughs) (laughs) was just about to go on break time he didn't give a shit true true uh but dr hill off screen reanimates other corpses and his whole master plan is that sorry zach were you gonna say something oh no no no, i was just thinking about something after you were done you you go ahead oh okay uh so he's gonna reanimate these corpses use this research even as a corpse he's gonna try to take credit for it and you again find out that he is infatuated with Megan and is going to kidnap her. And I thought it was just going to be like, oh, I I didn't get along with Dr. Halsey, so I'm going to kidnap his daughter and reanimate her. But no, he's going to come on to her as a severed head zombie. He's going to go downtown. <laughs> yeah, she he he's, uh, he's he's, he's going to come on to her. He's gonna. Literally. He's gonna. He's, he's gonna come on to her. It was the most surreal thing watching this movie, and it's smash <laughs> it's cuts. A very like, surreal movie. Yeah, just the fact that he's gonna take her clothes off, but then feel feel her up, and then come on to her. I'm just ignoring Jason <laughs> at this point. He's gonna feel her up, and then literally she has to make out with this severed and head. And come on to her. I was going to mention um, You're such before, a child, he comes on, Jason. before he comes on to her, there's something <laughs> interesting. I don't see it. You don't see it in a lot of zombie movies, but Hill 
they don't really hint at it. it it just kind of happens he has like this telepathic connection to other zombies and i'm trying to think of other zombie movies that have that because there there is another one i'm thinking of that has that are you thinking of uh land of the dead when the zombies kind of learn to communicate yes i am thank you roy <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> hashtag thank you roy <laughs> hashtag thank you roy <laughs> um but yeah, and then uh, so Zach, I guess this is what this is what you were referring to with this being cut out and then put back into what? So did we all watch this on Tubi? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we all saw the same version. So we yeah. got. Um, some... I have the 4K restored Blu-ray. I wasn't okay. watching it on okay. Tubi. Like, no, whoa! You saw oh, it. Well, <laughs> excused us all to hell. <laughs> Clearly, we'll be Zach... over here with the other peasants. Yeah, clearly Zach is uh, has not had a severed head go down on him yet, so he's he's feeling a little little tense, a little judgmental. <laughs> I joke like, because I love I love Tubi so much, but I just I happen to own Reanimator, but I'm on Tubi like every damn day. Hey, quick quick plug Tubi Tuesday segments on uh, on the Creepy Crowley podcast. Yeah, I do Tubi Tuesdays where I watch we do like watch alongs <clears throat> and I kind of do commentary. Yep, and that was fun uh, being on there when we talked about the uh, video dead. Yeah, that was a blast. <laughs> that was fun. That's I got mean, the we... most views now. That that one has the most. Uh, oh no shit, that's views, cool. Listen, yeah. No shit, that's cool. And then we, and then we talked with Chris LaMartina about the video dead the next day. It was like we planned it that way. <laughs> yeah, that was an honor. Uh, All right, if you guys could quit flashing yourselves for five seconds. I love Kevin so much, <laughs> and I love Zach so much. And Roy. And I love, love you Roy all. Too. I can't think of favorite. You're like my children. I love Roy and Kevin <laughs> so much. Kids. But I know. God. Kevin, um, if my head if my head was detached from my body, I would make it go down on you. Me or Kevin. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love Bucky, but I don't know if I like him that much. That is true love right there. I appreciate it so much, Zach. It is. It That's is. That's a bromance made in heaven. Right. I mean, Zach, I mean, Jason, I guess you get uh, Roy or Roy I mean, gets you. That may be the most romantic thing I've ever heard. If yeah. I, if my head was cut off, I would make it go down on you. Yeah, they don't. I was going to send you a greeting card that said that, but they don't really make them at, a, at the Hallmark store. <laughs> And you're like, they actually wouldn't print the card for me when I tried to when I tried to have this made. You got to like, talk to the guy around back, do him a favor or two. Yeah, they're like, sir, we're putting you on a list now. And I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> Just another one. Just another one. Just another one. <laughs> yeah. Where is our podcast gone? <laughs> As Zach said, exactly where it needs to I'm, be. I'm sorry. It's it's yeah. It's all flowing exactly the way it needs to. So it's is okay. The, it so does. Is the, it, it sounds so, perfect. So is the alcohol that's made Zach say these things. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. No, I don't care, dude. It's fine. I actually have considered just doing an episode where we do get a little smashed and then just fucking go for it. <laughs> can we please? I'll do it on mine. I'll have you guys on and we can just. Uh, okay, bullshit. that works. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Let me get some Jim Beam and I'll, I'll be right there. There you go. I'll pound a four loco. Keep it classy. <laughs> Listen, Roy, have yourself another 40 and just party. Oh, my God. Some poor loco. Jesus. Dude, I love those things. Like drinking straight gasoline. <laughs> those Wait, are I think really 
fucking strong. Roy, I think you're only like 45 minutes from me, man. We should we should meet up. Roy, you're just uh, a couple minutes from his China. So it'll be all right. <laughs> only a couple minutes. Let's make it a little bit closer. Just a couple <laughs> minutes from his China. Just, you know, right there. Is there an exit sign yeah, I can I... take to get the all the way in? <laughs> exit 69? Just, no, just yeah. tip second. See how it feels. I'll make you hit the back roads. You can scissor for a little bit. <laughs> I'll make you take the back roads. <laughs> the back roads. <laughs> I want to take the back roads with the extra dirt, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Kevin, is your mom going to listen to this? <laughs> you fucking know it, dude. Yeah, I just want to make sure. Oh, his mother will laugh at this. So hard. <laughs> it's even better because she knows Zach. So whatever, like we cross paths at a con again, she's not gonna be able to look him in the eye. No. <laughs> oh, I'll look somebody in the eye, the brown yeah. eye. Well, well, you had already gonna... told her about my story, and she she kept looking at me when we were eating lunch. She's like, you know, you're actually more normal than I thought. I thought something was wrong with you. And I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> I remember the greatest that. backhanded compliment. <laughs> I, like, I didn't take it that way, but I was like, I was, I was messing no, she with people. Didn't mean it so that like, way, but she was no, like, she, she no. told me that too. She's like, he's a lot more normal than I thought. Hey, like, especially mom, as a horror author, that's a great compliment. I'm like, yeah. mom, I'm like, mom, you haven't even read his story. You're just going off of what I told you about it. Well, Roy, I, yeah, I read your story, and then I'm looking at your Instagram. I was like, this doesn't add up at all. Like, this isn't the same guy that <laughs> I feel like my oh, Instagram's the same way because I'm always like sarcastic and oh, right, dude, like right, Roy's right little dark shit. Roy, Roy's little clips whenever he's been on the show, <laughs> and he puts on his little character. He's like, get him to two thousand followers, and I give you two smooches. Mwah, mwah. <laughs> yeah, those are great, man. I love that. Those. Was Zach? You just reminded me. There was one point that uh, I just remembered from Horror Hound. This was after a few drinks and in a very loud room with everybody singing karaoke. I just remembered we were talking about how loud the music was and how loud the bass was. And I thought you said, you said, I feel that in my buttocks. Did I say that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I misheard it. And I thought you said, I feel that in my penis. <laughs> I, know I might have said that too. I don't know. Uh, no, you did not. And Zach, you gave me, I'm going to see if I can keep my composure. When I said that, while my mom is crying her eyes out laughing because she, because of what I thought I heard, you just went like this. No. <laughs> like, you were not amused at all. <laughs> you were like, she knows, she knows he's a horror author, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Well, she did. She did message me after the Brotherhood of the Werewolf episode, and I said, or Brotherhood of the Wolf episode, and I said, "Hey, mom, heads up, this episode got a little weird." And she's like, "Oh, I'm sure I'm ready for it." And then she texted me the next day while I was at work, and my look down my Facebook message said, "Werewolf porn." That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, your weird. <laughs> but um, oh, Jesus, I'm so like off track now i feel uh, like i mean if anyone's so, listening to this they've already seen reanimator and they love it i mean what else yeah. is there to talk about <laughs> yeah. there's so gonna somehow, be there's gonna be so many video reanimator <laughs> there's gonna be so many video clips that i can pull from this to put on our instagram <laughs> just to yeah. entice people to come fucking listen to this thing but uh <laughs> you know i mean we've touched on it enough but uh zombie fellatio anyone because um. <laughs> dr hill's gonna 
gonna go down on Barbara Crampton. You know, that was weird. I have to assume this was like this had to have been the most shocking thing people had seen in theaters. Oh, for sure, time. because it yeah. it doesn't cut away at all, dude. I was just like, no. Jesus. Yeah, the head just gone. keeps creeping in there, and it's like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, and then she manages to wake her dad up because he's been one of the like assistant zombies, uh, and the love of a father. He saves her. Uh, he saves her from Doctor Hill, and it is oh so satisfying seeing him fucking poke Doctor Hill's eyes out of his head. Yeah, <laughs> that was so. And then doesn't he crush the head? He does crush the head. Yeah, that was badass. That was yeah. awesome, but like he's not before setting loose other uh, other reanimated corpses that they got to fight. Um, and I wasn't That's quite. A, yeah, it's a cool ending. Oh yeah, mm. and I did have uh, a note that said Herbert West to the rescue in in my phone, because uh, yeah. he showed up like fucking Superman there to to save the day. Um, and like, what does he do? He injects Doctor Hill's corpse with more reagent. Uh, yeah, I think I think his theory was. Oh, sorry, Diamond, go ahead. No, I I wasn't trying to interrupt, but yeah, I think I <clears> think <throat> his because I just watched it, but I think his um, theory was like let's inject more and see what it does, and uh, it didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> no, needless to say, it did not work out and uh i got some deadite vibes from all the corpses when they were rising up from the table and they were like giggling uh hmm. i was like oh this is very like reminiscent of evil the evil dead um which i thought was cool i was like seeing some deadite isms in uh in my horror movies and uh can but like real talk i did not expect them to kill megan no yeah. not at all yeah that's right like that was actually pretty devastating where she makes it through everything and then a severed fucking arm chokes her out in 30 seconds on the elevator. Yeah, and, and they have that call back with the, the doctor that Dan kind of works for, which is mm -hmm. Seward Gordon's wife, by the way, in real life. I don't know. Oh, no shit. That. Yeah, and she's like, you know, it's the callback from earlier in the movie where he's trying to keep working on the one uh, patient. And she's like, that's right. It's, it's over. And then she says it again to to Barbara Crampton and he just breaks down. Yep. And some good writing oh. there. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I did. I did like that callback because earlier on in the movie, when she first was like a good doctor knows when to quit. I'm like, sheesh, man, <laughs> like not at all supportive to a medical student. Um. Yeah. And then we get kind of a pet cemetery ending. That's what I was thinking of, because he's going to inject her with Dan's going to inject Megan with the uh, reagent to bring her back. And apparently she comes back because we hear the scream as soon as the uh, credits roll. Um, And that's reanimator. You know, it's a good time. I had a lot of fun with this with this uh, movie. Uh, I did have a note that said I just wrote serious notes and now I'm watching Dr. Hill's body carry his own head in a lab tub. <laughs> um, I like how they left the ending open ended. You know, he brings her back. What's going to happen there? There's a bunch of undead corpses running around. What's going to happen with them? There were yeah. a lot of things like left up into the air while it also felt like it wrapped everything up that it needed to. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ending was as open ended as Jason is open rear ended. <laughs> Whoa! Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> really? That that's what happened. I love okay. the two reactions there. Roy laughs. Zach says, "Whoa." <laughs> <laughs> Jason, this is just where we're operating at. Like, there's no, there's no coming back. Um, but fuck. I liked hell, but... too no. that um that this Who's was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Please, con- <laughs> please continue, Roy. I like, I like too that this was more like a um a personal zombie story. It wasn't. You know, so many times we see the zombie apocalypse under the world. There's tons of zombies running around. The undead creatures in this were two people that everyone knew for the most part. There weren't that many zombies. Even at the end, there were only like a handful. So I thought it made it seem more personal that one, these people knew the zombies. And two, Mm -hmm. that there just weren't that many of them. It made it stand out more that way, in my opinion. Yeah, there's there's a lot of heart to this movie. And I think that that's what separates it from the rest of the eighties horror that I've seen is that like case in point, I didn't expect them to kill Megan. And I was, I was devastated to watch her die um, to come so close, you know, yet so yet so far away. Um, We also kind of skipped over, like they did kind of leave it ambiguous. Jesus Christ. (laughs) I hate you so much, Jason. (laughs) <laughs> I know you do. It's we did, okay. No, but I love you. It's okay. Uh we did they did kind of leave it uh pretty open with uh the so-called demise of Herbert West at the end because he gets like pulled into the torso of uh Dr. Hill's corpse. Um and he's just kind of being dragged across the floor and then the the smoke fills up the room and like we don't really know what happens to him. Um, but there are sequels, so I'm assuming he's back. <laughs> yeah, I've actually not yeah. seen the sequels. I'm ashamed to oh, say. Okay, I've heard that uh, Bride of Reanimator is a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I don't know what that's about because you know the way the first one ends, it's kind of has that Frankenstein vibe to it, where you know they bring her back. You know, he's he, Dan's bringing her back, kind of mm-hmm. like with uh, Frankenstein, and I don't know if she's the focus of the next one or. I wondered about that too. I wondered if uh, Barbara Crampton was coming back. I actually don't know how many of them there are. I think there's three or four. I think, I think there's there... at least. I think there's at least three. Okay, I think I and saw there's... other ones on Tubi. Um, so I was gonna look and yeah. see how many of them were available on there because I kind of want to keep going. Yeah, they made newer ones like in the past couple years from uh, I think it's Full Moon Pictures, that Charles Band Company. He uh... oh geez. <laughs> he made ones called the resonator and then i think he just straight up made ones called reanimator that that are from, from either the, continuations or reboots or something but there's from like the mind of, of those of puppet master yeah <laughs> which i have actually never seen any of those oh what are you doing you've never seen, kill- seen any of the puppet masters no i didn't find out about that series until like six years ago man good wow. god man <laughs> have you seen the killjoy movies from charles band <laughs> no but they're definitely on my list. Oh, you got to watch those. There's five of those. <laughs> There's five of those? Yeah. Oh, my God. They're so good. Uh, my... <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but yeah, but yeah, they are. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> uh, 
Oh man, so many horror sequels out there. This podcast can just go on forever. Oh, Boys, yeah. I'll figure out how to get him <laughs> get him cultured in horror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out. It's hey, all right. We, hey, we educate each other on here, all right? <laughs> Kevin, uh, you ever seen the omen? Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. We're good. Yeah. All right. Everything's everything's good. Okay. Don't ask me if I've seen the entire trilogy. I've only seen the first one. Okay, that's okay. That's fine. The first one's the best. <laughs> no, the first one is uh, still super creepy. That fucking nanny, dude. Oh, yeah. It's like, she is so terrifying. And then, of course, yeah. the... Uh, didn't they do a remake with uh, Leave Schreiber? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it came out uh, 666, June 6th. <laughs> that's right, I forgot that about was, that. June 6th, 2006. Great yeah. marketing. I was at the movie theater for X-Men The Last Stand, and they played a trailer for The Omen. <laughs> Oof. X Men: The Last Stand. Yep, I saw that shit I, in theaters. I remember being in the theater for that. <laughs> Spider Man Three Ooh. next year. Oof. Ah, <laughs> ah, we don't talk about it. <laughs> Jason's, talk about Jason's turned into the alien from Mars Attacks. <laughs> I love that I don't need to say anything. <laughs> I like fucking ducks. Everybody sounds off. <laughs> well bucky's never seen mars attacks i have not i've got <laughs> listen jason i put in a lot of work to this fucking podcast i can't watch movies 24 7 i'll get there eventually all right yeah man you're putting out like four episodes a week oh, i'm doing like yeah, one, one a month yeah yeah i'm i'm trying man we we keep going <laughs> no, you guys are you guys are killing it man like, oh really, thanks man we big keep time we keep trucking as jason called oh, me out for saying <laughs> yeah it's yeah. hard to keep up with you guys your output is insane yeah seriously yeah, that is, is that is what that is what many women have said <laughs> <laughs> i had to i had to make bucky watch the crow like a year ago no jason no we've already talked about this the a year ago was not the first time i saw the crow all right you did show me that but that was fucking seven years ago Okay. I saw that shit back in 2016. That was not the first time I watched The Crow. And I made you watch it. Yeah, it was Halloween night. We were looking for something to watch, and we settled on The Crow. (laughs) And it was a damn good choice. I love that movie. Looks like Diamond's eating Crow now. (laughs) I'm sorry. sorry. I'm so sorry. Putting uh but that's reanimator everybody and um sorry or we tried to do reanimator yeah, sorry for that. this sorry for the adhd extravaganza <laughs> here no it wasn't just you man we went off the rails i'm gonna make this title <laughs> episode 60 whatever colon reanimator discussion with a question we yeah, just call it we tried to do reanimator. Yeah. <laughs> reanimator uh, reanimator sometimes. Yeah. But, no, no, but this was, I, I will say because <clears throat> what we do try to do at the end of all of our episodes is just kind of wrap up. And I will say that in the wrap up that I have not seen reanimator in a very very long time and it was a good watch um you guys uh you know not made me watch it but 
you know, for the show, I wanted to watch it again and I thought it was great. And I think it's a great movie. And one of the things that I like about reanimator is that I sort of stuff because we've talked about it a million times. The thing is one of my favorite movies. Um, and I see a lot of the thing in reanimator. Um, and, and in Zach's room. <laughs> What's that? And in Zach's room. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no, so I, I actually did enjoy <clears throat> watching reanimator again. Uh, cause it's been a long time. Um, so I enjoyed it and I'm glad that we got to watch it for the episode. And uh, all right, all right yeah. Stephen King, wrap it up. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Fuck <laughs> you. Yeah, it doesn't feel good, does it? <laughs> uh, uh, Jason's speechless now. <laughs> I'm gonna peg you. Uh, no. <laughs> Jason, you got something you need to get off your chest, bro? Fucking hell. No, I don't. No, I don't. I'm good. <laughs> you need something you need to get out of your asshole, apparently. I'm good. No. <laughs> no, it's not out of my asshole. It's into yours. No. But anyways. <laughs> no, 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 no. We ain't, we ain't that close, bro. <laughs> That's me and Zach's thing. Yeah. All right. So, boys. <laughs> so, long story you short. Yes, I agree with Jason. Reanimator's a ton of fun. Glad I finally watched it. We'll definitely be revisiting it and moving on to the uh, sequels as well. Roy, what's your wrap-up with Reanimator? Yeah, along those lines of what you guys are saying, it was a fun movie. Had its creepy moments. The special effects were awesome to see. Probably the first Lovecraft directly inspired movie i've seen so was very happy with it um it was a good time short run time that didn't take too long at all and overall yeah just a blast to see hell yeah and the man the myth the legend zc kroll zach oh, what's your final thoughts <laughs> uh i love this hey, movie i think hey, it's hey. 80s it... Fel fellatio gets me everywhere okay <laughs> uh no this is an 80s classic i think it's uh it's always gonna be around people are gonna talk about it why are you laughing at me? I'm not. I'm just laughing at how you sidestepped that. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt too. Felicio gets, gets me everywhere. gets me everywhere. Even places I don't want to be. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think this movie will be around forever. This will stand the test of time. It's already been what, like 40 years, and uh, you know, it's just one of those batshit crazy movies that people are always going to rediscover as the years go on. So yeah, I think it's a Absolutely. classic. Absolutely. So real quick, real quick, uh, just before we leave, um, it's going to be an episode soon, um, but uh, what are you guys' thoughts on um, uh, Event Horizon? I love that movie. That's one of the few movies when I first saw it that really freaked me out big time, <clears throat> like really bothered me. Especially Thank one you, scene. Sir. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spoil it for Kevin. But there's one scene. Yeah. Which Which version are you watching? Are you watch. Are you streaming it or are you watching the uncut version? Um, I, I actually don't know. I'll have to wait and see what's available. I'm pretty sure I've seen the uncut. Um, but 
yeah. Do you know what scene I'm talking about, Diamond? When they're watching the uh the playback of the one. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It bothered me big time, but great. Yeah. I mean, for that reason, I mean, it's a great movie because it's very effective in how they like you know executed the movie and everything. It really. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, and I I hate um. I've seen a lot of like playback on it in uh, different versions of it and some of the director's cuts and they're like, man, we couldn't put this stuff in or we wanted to put this stuff in and we weren't able to, but actually seeing the director's cut, it's, it's kind of like seeing the alien director's cut. Mm-hmm. You know, and seeing stuff that you were not able to see in the original version. Um, and yeah, so. Which the Alien director's cut, if it's the one I'm thinking of, has a scene that I wish had not been cut, which is the like long shot of the alien dangling in the chains, like just kind of curled up. Mm-hmm. And you're like not supposed to notice that it's the alien mixed in with all that stuff. And I remember I saw that scene. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, why didn't, yeah, why didn't yeah, they keep it's that? Cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, And the other thing in the Alien director's cut is when um, Ripley goes down into one of the parts of the ship and she actually sees the people um, posted up against the wall and they have the they have the you know, little things in them or whatever, like they have the eggs in them and whatever. Um, But yeah. Yeah, we'll get to Alien and Aliens for sure sometime in the future. Um, If you guys want a good double feature with Event Horizon, um, if you haven't seen it already or have talked about it, do uh, In the Mouth of Madness. John Carpenter's movie with Sam. Oh, Neal. love that movie! Yep. Do a double. Really do a Sam, Sam Neill. Also a Lovecraftian movie. Do a Sam Neill Lovecraftian double feature with Event yep. Horizon. That Dude did that did Earth. pop up when I was looking at the list of yeah. Lovecraftian movies. Um, great, great movie. freaky movie. So we were talking, you know, as we're wrapping up here, we were talking a little earlier about you know all the zombies in Reanimator. We were talking about some Resident Evil and. That is a perfect segue to a little short story that I just read over the weekend from our very own R. Jacob Honeybrook, Roy, New Year's Killin' Eve. I just got to read it. It's fucking fantastic. Congratulations on the release of the latest short story. Thank you, brother. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun to write. Absolutely, man. So I, I I gotta ask, where were you pulling from? with this one what was what was eaten away at your brain uh besides zombies that uh that made you want to go to the angle i don't want to spoil anything for anybody um Mm -hmm. but you can look at the cover and see that it's got some zombie elements in there for sure uh but with some interesting twist to it so where where were you coming from with this one what was the inception of the of the short story and how did this kind of come about yeah so i had just gotten done writing another novella it was very like very kind of personal i wrote this previous novella almost like a farewell letter to my former relationships that i'd just gotten out of at the time so had to get real deep with those i had a lot kind of 
you know, drudging up shit that's not pleasant. So I wanted a nice palate cleanser from all that. <laughs> so what I did was I just kind of thought like, I want to do something with a madman who goes crazy and makes a bunch of zombies. And I have it written in my notebook here, actually. Uh, the initial idea was just madman goes crazy, makes zombies at New Year's Eve party. And I was like, okay, well, that's an interesting concept. What else can I do with it? So then the gear started turning and I'm like, okay, well, why don't we have a team of career criminals are going to try to rob this rich guy at his New Year's Eve party. What if when they show up, all the guests are dead? Now what happens if those guests come back and turn into zombies? And it just went from there. Um, so yeah, I mean, once I got the zombie theme, definitely pulled a lot from Resident Evil. Like a lot of times I felt like I was almost doing a parody Resident Evil just because I didn't really take it as serious as, you know, something to be a straightforward zombie thing. Um, I wanted to have fun with it. So, you know, for example, there's a, uh, there's a countdown to something exploding, <laughs> just like in every Resident Evil game, you have the countdown where, you know, the penthouse that all these zombies are going to explode. I, you know, that ends up being not inconsequential <laughs> just because yeah. it's like, yeah, whatever. Um, you know, how many other things? Well, it's that, so. not inconsequential because you're going to get your ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this Jason, this uh, short story is like straight up your alley. Like get a copy of it online. You will love the shit out of this story. I didn't even know that you had released this, Roy, so I'm ordering it right now. Oh, hell yeah, man. I appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah, A lot of it, too. I yeah, I, 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 I was thinking about I the wish other day. I, I, I wish I had read the uh, story earlier, um, but uh, just recently I was playing the remake of Resident Evil 2, mm -hmm. um, which I played for the first time when I was like, like probably 13 or 14 and it scared the living shit out of me um and i'm playing it again now <laughs> and it's kicking my ass um and uh it's <clears throat> it's kind of fun um because you know when you're when you're playing a horror game or or you're reading, reading a horror novel or you're watching a horror movie um, it's, it's not the most fun thing for it to be easy. Like you, you want it to kick your ass. And so I'm replaying Resident Evil and it's kicking the shit out of me. Um, and <laughs> I'm actually loving the fact that it's kicking the shit out of me. Um, Jason so... likes it rough. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i like it yeah yeah i like it i like a rough ride <laughs> yep well with that uh, resident evil 2 remake man there are some scary parts like when you're wandering around the police station and you only have that flashlight on your gun to see it's all dark you can just hear the yeah, man he's like oh man oh yeah man and the the first time um even if you played it before the first time that the the liquors come through those windows on you yeah. <laughs> yeah it fucks you up man <laughs> yeah jason you'll you'll love this story for sure uh with new year's killing eve it's a lot of fun definitely some resident evil vibes and a lot of fun zombie vibes i got some dawn of the dead 2004 vibes mm -hmm. in there as well just with the well, i'm uh, looking 
I'm looking forward to it. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I hope you enjoy, it, man. Yeah. Me also, too, man. too, I feel like a lot of Dusk Till Dawn can be in there too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. And yeah, there's criminals running away. Next thing you know, they're neck deep in vampires. Yep. Or werewolves, and I wanted... whatever they were. Yeah. And I wanted Dude, to ask seeing, Roy. Seeing Bucky's face the first time that he watched from Dusk Till Dawn, seeing his face when you actually saw the vampires kind of reveal themselves mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> was just classic. <laughs> yeah. Like, because I was I was watching him the whole time because I'd seen Dust Till Dawn like fifty million times, mm-hmm. um, but Jason, he had never seen it. Jason, you're uh, you're misremembering at the moment. We actually didn't watch that together. <laughs> yeah, we did. No, we did not. I watched it late at night on HBO Max by myself in my living room. Oh, so okay. unless unless you had a peeping Tom camera, like. In the window, just watching me watch from dusk till dawn. He was watching it with his other podcast yeah. host. <laughs> yeah, I could I could have sworn. No, I wish oh, we no. had though. That would have oh, been fun. No, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about. Um, I'm thinking about uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh yeah, mm. absolutely. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so all right. Roy, so Roy, Continue, I had... sorry. Oh no, you're good. Uh, Roy, I had one other question I wanted to throw your way. Uh, just you know, thinking about where this story falls with the rest of your work so far, um, because right at the end of the book, you always have the about the author. Mm. And it says, you know, kind of what we touched on before with Devils in the Night, April Awakening and um, Roadkill Blues before, where you're always striving to examine some part of the human psyche and like human behavior in your work. With this being the more like fun story, as you say, and a little less serious, are there still elements of that in there where there was some part of the human psyche you were trying to tap into? Or was did you feel like you kind of were like, oh, let's take a break from that for this one? So not essentially. When I wrote it, I just wanted to have fun with it. And then when I go back and read my stuff, I pick up on things I didn't really know I was writing about. So some of the things I picked up on were the theme of betrayal. So what happens is the millionaire's wife, we find out, has betrayed him and the kid's not his. That's why he goes crazy and turns everyone into zombies. So I definitely picked up on that. Um, also, too, that I thought something was interesting was kind of the portrayal of classism. So whenever the book starts out, these this team of career criminals is driving their truck through the slums. There's like drugged out people on the sidewalks. The buildings are all crumbling. But then as they make their way into the nicer part of the city where these rich people live, there's Christmas decorations, the skyscrapers are all bright, roads are lit up. And yeah, just some of the stuff that happens through it, I, I didn't even realize I was writing about it, but, you know, to to really showcase visually, you know, the, the one side of society, how they live, and showing the other side of society as well. Um, I really picked up on that. I didn't, <laughs> I had no idea like that would even be a theme, but it kind of got rolling after I um, reread it again a couple times. Well, so with with the classism that you're talking about, mm-hmm. um, are you taking from because there's there's a big thing with like Skid Row in California and L.A. where it, it's a big problem. 
Is that something that you like picked up on or? No, I think it was just living in cities, like living around Philadelphia. Like if you drive through Philadelphia, you can be in just the scummiest section you've ever seen one minute. And then a couple blocks down, you're in center city where everything is just beautiful. So really seeing like that, there's two sides of cities. You, you know, there's these giant buildings, they look nice. But then if you keep driving in that city, you know, eventually you get to run down buildings, people on the streets. Um, It wasn't really any kind of statement I was trying to make. It was just kind of, I guess, showcasing that and maybe showing people a different side to cities that they never see. Because a lot of times when people go to cities, they go there for vacations or whatever, you know, oh, I'm going to Philadelphia. I want to see the Liberty Bell and I want to see, you know, the Eagles play. But like, you ever go to West Philadelphia or <laughs> some parts of North well, Philadelphia? It's yeah, like different and, worlds. And that's, yeah, and that's kind of what I was kind of referencing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, everybody wants to be like, oh, let's go to L.A. L.A. is cool. Mm-hmm. And then you find these certain parts of L.A. and you go down to Skid Row and they're, you know, just these tent cities that are, you know, n- just trash um and the same thing with other cities like if you go to chicago or wherever so i was just wondering if that kind of um that kind of resonated with you yeah i mean who knows it could have i mean i see a lot of that stuff you know when i'm keeping up with current events and whatever um but also in my own life too. Like I've had big highs and big lows. Like I've had corporate jobs where I was able to go on, you know, cool trips and eat at fancy restaurants. I've, you know, worked shitty jobs where I'm barely scraping by. So really probably more personal than anything is just seeing the two sides of life, you know, coming from times where I could do cool stuff, being in times where (laughs) I can't do anything other than make rent. Um, Honestly, I think if anything, it was probably just from that aspect and living through that stuff and experiencing it. Yeah, it's a, it's no, and that's, and that's, that's cool. Um, that's kind of why I was, um, kind of asking about that, uh, just your experience Mm -hmm. in your writing and everything, like how your, your life has affected, you know, your writing. Oh, dude, (laughs) pretty much everything. (laughs) I mean, I'm a, I'm a traditional guy. I don't talk about my feelings or any of that stuff. So like, it just all bubbles up. And if I don't go to the gym or if I don't write, or if I don't play music, like it's just going to fester away mm-hmm. at me. So a lot of times what you're seeing on the pages is just me kind of working through my own shit and really examining choices I've made, things I've experienced and just bringing that to the forefront and putting them right out on the page. Yeah. And it's it's very, oh yeah. And it's a very, very fun read as, as are all of uh, our Jacob Honeybrook's works. So Everybody, please go check out the latest short story and please go back if you haven't read the other three. Um, So that's a perfect segue into our other writer here on the show. Uh, Zach, I know that, you know, last time you were here, well, the first time you were here, I had not read Disseverment. And then you came back on for those two episodes that you and I did together where I got to read it. And then we did more of a dissection of Disseverment. Um... And it sounds like you can kind of relate to where Roy's coming from in that you look at the people talk about it all the time with horror, right? Where like we go to the dark and dastardly things in horror almost as a way of escapism and like 
coping with that stuff. And with the severment, I remember it gave me a lot of perspective in reading the book where you were coming from and saying that it was a COVID inspired story. Yeah. Without explicitly talking about COVID, like you wouldn't, it's not actually about COVID or, or about the pandemic. There's no reference to that stuff in the story, but I think coming from the place, like psychologically, you can kind of feel that if I, now that I have told you that you can kind of see those connections, but um, yeah, Roy, to your point, like, you know, you didn't see, you know, like the classism, I haven't read your story yet. I just bought it actually, but you know, you weren't thinking about that stuff when you wrote it. I think that's the best way to do it is to just write the stuff, write, write the story and then figure out what it's kind of about afterwards. Cause if you go in thinking like, well, I'm going to write a story that's about this and this, and these are the themes about it. I feel like that's not, it's not going to turn out as well. I feel like just, just get all the feelings out, get everything out that you're trying to like communicate and then find out like, what's the core of what, it's about and to me like I, I realized while writing it during the pandemic like oh i'm talking about the pandemic here just not literally on the page yeah you know? yeah and i think that shows through too you know if you go in saying oh i want to talk about this i want to talk about that it's never going to come through as being as genuine as if you yep. just write the story and then you know oh i was trying to say this or oh wow i was touching on that and didn't even realize it yeah, yeah for sure and so Zach, you, I know that, uh, the creepy Crowley's still going. I know you had a little bit of a break just with a busy, busy summer, but we got more episodes coming, uh, for the creepy Crowley. Yeah, man, been a busy summer. I've got four lined up that are already recorded. So I'm just uh, finishing the editing. So they're going to be coming out soon. Um, yeah. And then I have a novel coming out, full novel coming out in October. Hopefully I keep, awesome. uh, <laughs> dicking around with the date that's supposed to come out just because uh part procrastinating part uh perfectionism i just want it to be perfect <laughs> yeah, let me um, ask you this how do you know how do you know when to stop because <laughs> i ran into that with my last one i just kept editing and kept tweaking like when do you know where to stop <laughs> i don't think there's an answer man i think it's just uh i just want to f- i don't feel 100 percent yet I'm, I'm like at 99 percent, and you know I'm going to give it another pass and just uh, tweak some things and then I'll be good with it. But, but it's funny, like it's actually about cosmic horror. It's kind of a Lovecraftian story about uh, this unknown event that happens. It's kind of about the rapture. It's not explicitly stated that it's about the rapture. But everybody. Um, Have you seen, um, what was the HBO series? Um, Is it the leftovers? Cause I've not seen it. Everybody has asked me about it. (laughs) Um, I want to see it. Uh, if you haven't watched it, it's a great show. Um, love it. Um, and 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 it's funny. Um, just coming from a spot where you guys, you guys are writers. Um, Bucky and I, <laughs> we're not writers. <laughs> <laughs> we just nope. do, we just do whatever the fuck we do. Um, Only- only songwriting on my end. I wish I could write stories. Yes. Now, yeah. Now, Bucky can write a song. Um, but uh, we just kind of fuck around and we 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 do our thing. Um, and we have a good time doing it. And we love having you guys on here. And we love hearing about what you do. Um, but where does where do you draw your kind of creativity from? 
I mean, I can, I can go first, Troy. I mean, I, I yeah, think just ahead, personal experience. I mean, I, I came up with this idea for my novel uh, when I was in college. I would take, I purposely signed up for the earliest classes in the morning because I wanted to get everything done like for my day, like around like noon or one. So I had the rest of the day cleared and I would try to have all my classes on like Mondays through Thursdays. So I'd have nothing on Friday. So I'd have a longer weekend because my, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, she would come up uh, for the weekend to my dorm. Um, so I, I took like the earliest classes, like it's, you know, 7am classes. And I, I went to Kent state where, you know, it was major party school. And uh, so like no one was walking around campus that early. So I'd walk around and I was like, this is very eerie. It felt very 28 days later, like the beginning of 28 days later when he's walking around, you know, the city. And one of my uh, favorite movies. <laughs> yeah, mine too. And uh, this was a huge inspiration for that novel. I mean, that, that that movie was a huge, huge inspiration for the novel. And I was just walking around campus. It was very eerie. I was like listening to headphones. I was listening to Radiohead. I'm a huge Radiohead guy. And yeah, just, like, the, buddy. The, the cinematic kind of quality of the music and walking around. I was like, this is a novel, man. Like, what if a group of characters realize that something like the rapture had happened? There's no reason, there's no rhyme or reason for why it happened. And they just kind of have to survive. And it turned into, I started reading the Walking Dead comic at the time. It was before the show had started. And I got obsessed with this, these zombie, you know, stories. And I was like, what if I wrote this zombie apocalypse story without the zombies? Just no zombies. It's just everybody disappeared except for this group of guys. And like, how would they survive that? Like, how would they get through it? And would they make it? Yeah. Would they tear? Would they tear each other apart? And uh, I just became like really obsessed with it. So I was writing it all throughout college. I did a draft, a really shitty draft of it in college, <laughs> like really bad. Like I would never <laughs> want anyone to look at it. And uh, I just put it on the shelf for a few years, and then decided to come back to it. I was like, this is a very scary idea. And I want I want to like really ramp it up and make it even more terrifying. And like it scared the hell out of me writing it. So I feel like that's, that's a good cool. sign. Well, I wanna <laughs> nice. I wanna I wanna kind of piggyback uh real quick, uh, Zach, off of something that that Roy was asking you about, about how do you know where to where to stop when it comes to writing? I almost want to go with the flip side for my question, which is getting started because i know listening to a lot of writers talk that like staring at the blank page getting ready to start writing something and even as a songwriter i can relate to this staring at the blank page can be like one of the most terrifying things ever um but then i heard uh roy a band that you and i both love um the lead singer of carnifex was on the lead singer syndrome podcast and he was talking about like being inspired by filmmakers and being inspired for his songwriting where he was talking about filmmakers and writers being like, they don't start with the beginning line of what you're seeing in a movie or a story. They have this almost the climax in their head first. And that's like where they need to get to. So once they have that, then they look at it almost like as building the roadmap of like, all right, this is where I need to get and what I need to build around. Now, how do I get there? So I want to ask you, Zach, with, I guess, specifically with the new novel, you know, is that kind of how it goes for you? Do you have this almost the the big buildup in your head and what you're actually building to beforehand and then build to it? Or do you think that your writing comes at it from a different way where you actually do start from square one? 
Yeah, I mean, I had the initial idea, like I said, just walking around campus. So I, I had that personal kind of anecdote to start with. And then I got really into like, well, who are the characters that are surviving through this? And then I kind of I started on the page, like actually pen to paper, just exploring who the characters would actually be. So I drew like inspiration from people I know, people I've worked with over the years at shitty jobs, um, kids I knew on campus. <laughs> Uh, mm -hmm. all within like the same age range and it's just like I know how to write these guys and I know like how they would interact with each other so it started with it's more of a character study it's not very plot driven because there's not much to do in a, an apocalypse where there's no other people it's just seven people interacting with each other and how do they survive this so I was like if I can get seven very interesting people that's that's my gateway into like making the novel you know so i i started with the characters that that's that's how i so i wrote about the first character and then kind of how they meet the other ones and that's that's how it started that's awesome i'm i'm excited to see that different take on because we've seen rapture stories and you know being the last people around stories so yeah. many times and i think that the idea of coming at it from the character study standpoint where let's take the focus off of the wide scope of the event and let's focus more on the traits and characteristics of these characters, I think is going to be a really cool way to, to spin that. So I am very, very excited for that. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks man. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Yep. And that's, that's one of the things um, uh, I don't know how many people like the leftovers i love the leftovers um but part of that story that i thought was amazing was not really about what happened necessarily it was just the people that were involved and yeah. i thought that was great yeah and i think this is interesting because it's just seven guys in my story that that's it those are the last people on the planet presumably and with seven guys all like college age range you know they get a little stir crazy the whole planet is kind of their oyster they can do whatever they want but there comes a point as time goes by they don't really know what they're living for anymore and they're you know there's like this topic of like you know what's what's your legacy there, there's no other not to get like too risque about it, but there's no other women. Like they're not gonna be able to have children. They're just seven guys on this in this big wasteland planet. And well, no, but that's a that's a very cool take or very different concept. Yeah, I think I don't know. I'm I'm excited yeah. about it. No, no I think it's cool. I'm it's a bummer. Of, it's a bummer of a story. I'm, I'll warn you, it's not a very happy. <laughs> Listen, man, it's not you, a happy. It's I very know, grim. I know. If you like make... the Severment, it's very much. The same guy who wrote the Severment. <laughs> Listen, I I know we make jokes about it all the time about like oh the horror writers they have weird ideas, but it does really boil down to the fact that like especially with what you guys do, you're tackling real topics and yes there are like out you know more out there ways of telling that, but it almost makes it like more accessible to come at it from that horror perspective and the more out their way of telling the story where it's like okay there's a there's still a bit of escapism in there but like i can you know i can i can actually get a message out of this roy april awakening was a 
was a perfect example of that where like the final like it's like almost a ghost story but then by the end it's like a final gut punch and then you know zach same thing with you with the characters with disseverment where it's just like man this is this is you know hitting me right in the right in the core and i think that uh i think it's important to tell stories in that way and the last question i had for you zach because i know since the last we spoke you've released the audiobook version of disseverment and congratulations yeah. on that release by the way um yeah, Where's it available? It is on audible.com. Hell okay. Yeah. Awesome. I think it's uh I think it's like six bucks. So six bucks. Because honestly, spend. like I, I do like to read, but um uh I really like like in the evenings or going to sleep, just like listening to stuff. So that's cool. Hell yeah. So yeah. what what is for you, what what do you think audiobooks Cause like I've only experienced it a few times using an audiobook. Um, one of my favorite things in school was we were reading my favorite Edgar Allan Poe story, which was the fall of the house of Usher. And I listened to the audiobook version of that. Um, and it actually gave me a whole different feel to it as opposed to just reading the story. So for you, what, what's the, what's the importance of, of audiobooks? What do you think it brings to, to the, to the telling of the story when people listen to that as opposed to reading the book. Yeah. I mean, like I think they're just as valid and as important as reading, you know, the, the, the actual words on the page, you know I mean? And in my case, like I found a professional, I didn't find him. I've known that I, I found a professional voice actor. I've known him for 15 years. His name's TJ Firestone. He, he lives in Hollywood. Um, and he's damn good at what he does. And, I gave him the uh, the novella and he read it and he's like, oh yeah, I want to do this for sure. This is going to be a blast reading this because there's so many like distinct characters and he can like do different voices and stuff. And um, it's very, it was very eerie, like hearing it back, like, you know, like hearing it for the first time from another voice. Because when you write it, I'm sure Roy, you can relate to this. Like when you're writing, it, it's only in your own voice. Like you're hearing it, you know, you're saying it back to yourself. But when someone else reads it, it's like a full production and there's like music added and I added sound effects and shit like that. It was like, wow, like it's, this is like a thing. <laughs> so I think like if you read it, even if you did, even if you have read it, I think, I feel like if there's a whole other dimension to like hearing the audiobook of it, that really like enhances it more. For sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, everybody listening, this is a, a wacky episode uh, to say the least, well, but. I just wanted to get one more little thing in there um, about the audiobooks. Um, I I listen to audiobooks quite a lot. Um, and, you know, I kind of liken it to reading books to my kids. Um, because when I read, like, Harry Potter or whatever to them, um, I do the voices <laughs> for the different characters, you know. So I, I've That's got awesome. a voice for Hagrid. I've got a voice for, you know, it, it, Ron. I've got a voice for, you know, all of these different characters, and um, they think that it's hilarious, and but <laughs> it, it it makes it more entertaining for them. Um, sure. So I I love reading, and and I read quite a bit um but 
when I when I do it for the kids, like it's it's fun for them. Um, so I in in audiobooks for mm-hmm. me, when I listen to somebody reading their own book, you know, it it kind of makes a little bit more of an impact for me. Um, because hearing somebody do it in their own voice or, you know, whatever it may be, like, I, I like it. I, I find it very entertaining. So, um, I applaud tons of people that, you know, write books and take the time to do, you know, the audiobook. So I think it's cool. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. So I have I mean, a question for Zach too. Yes, sir. So Zach, when I was reading your synopsis and your bio, I saw that you do more psychological horror. I was just wondering what draws you to that as opposed to the other types of horror. Oh man, that's a good question. God. <laughs> I think it's like I don't know. I I come from a place where like I, I um, man. I love all the fun stuff. I mean, I love like we talked about reanimator tonight and I love that stuff, but I find that harder for me to write about. Like I would love to do something like return of the living dead or like pumpkin head or like something that's very like simple. Like, it, I mean, those aren't simple movies. Reanimator is not simple by any means, but like something that's like fun, like what you did, like the, the new year's one that I just ordered, like, I'm sure it's going to be a blast to read, like resident evil, I don't know why I just I can't do like fun stuff like that. I'm I've always been drawn to more like really deep like psychological um like um which is probably a, a like one of my like a problem for me really cuz I like you ever seen Jacob's Ladder? That's one of my favorite movies of all oh time. Oh my god. Oh yeah. yes. Love that movie, Jacob's Ladder. It just it just fucks with me every time I see it and I I'm always trying to write something that's kind of like that or something like uh Silence of the Lambs where it just really gets in your head or you know, it's more about, you know, characters like playing this, uh, you know, hitting a tennis ball back and forth. And that's kind of like de- what Disseverment's like. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like uh, digging into like what makes people tick and like how the human brain works and how people work. And I think humans are really fascinating. And, and that's kind of where the novel came from, too. Like I was like, well, I just want to take seven guys put them in this like weird situation where everyone's just gone and they just got this isolated thing like the shining the shining is another example like that's a classic but really it's just three a family of three in this hotel for five months and just all hell breaks loose and it's very like it's just those three and i don't know i just i've always loved that stuff yeah and you're uh but i wish i could i wish so much i could just do something that was like this very expansive like walking dead like resident evil with (laughs) all these characters just shoot them up thing i started watching twisted metal this past weekend on oh, peacock nice. oh i keep oh, i need to get around to it it's just it's so damn cool and i love it i'm like and i wish i could just do something <laughs> like that but... well zach you uh you got the <laughs> seal of approval from uh pinhead himself doug bradley that you gave a copy of your book to yeah, well, I don't know if he read it yet, but I, I I gave him a paperback and he was like, "Oh, this looks like really even, interesting." Even still, man, just the fact that the concept like was enticing to him, I think, is a big compliment. And I think your your writing's definitely got some, you know, some comparisons to a little bit of Clive Barker in there too. So I thought that was pretty fitting. Um, That's another thing. Clive Barker is a huge, huge inspiration to me. 
and and Stephen King. Because Stephen yeah, but... King, he tends to he he focuses more on characters like mm-hmm. in the situations they're in, not necessarily the situation itself. And I think that doesn't work for his movies. His movies tend to not be as good because they focus more like on the plot stuff. And that's right. I don't think he's known for his plots. He's known for like how the characters are dealing with you know the plot. Right. Well, with and, uh, with trying to, I mean, people with comparisons they can be looked at as like a bad thing, but you know, there's almost a sense of like this reminding me of another person's work is for me like, Oh, it's familiarity. It gives me that same good feeling. Cause I told Roy, um, I think it was on the episode. I can't remember if it was on or off the air, but his work gives me a lot of, uh, vibes of Mike Flanagan, especially when oh, I was yeah. reading, uh, April awakening. Um, like the way Mike Flanagan knows how to spin things and put those twists in there. Roy is really good at that. So I had that, comparison in my head okay i'm reading that tonight because <laughs> i love my plan again devils yeah, in dude. the night is so damn good Roy. It like is, i absolutely love it you. like you like the I, I as soon as i was reading i was like this this is right up my alley because <laughs> you, you got the character there and just like there's like the erotic nature of it of this like kind of uh this temptress and you know it's not necessarily like hardcore horror but th- there's these underpinnings very clive barker-esque too oh yeah oh like cool. very yeah <laughs> very much so i love you there. i really appreciate that oh yeah, yeah. well roy you just got hugely fellaced by kevin <laughs> and it felt great <laughs> that wasn't me that was zach dude <laughs> i got double fellaced that's true. Yeah, it was both of us <laughs> no <laughs> zach zach went Same. to the front zach went to the front i went to the back <laughs> oh <little> back <laughs> There we go. No, man, go. I I've been meaning to read the rest of your your stuff. Like, and uh, I'm I'm going to. I've just I've been reading so much, and uh, yeah, I can't oh, yeah. wait. You man. gotta get Zach. You gotta get uh, Roy on your podcast, dude. Talk about yeah, some horror please. writing. Yeah, yeah please, anytime for sure. Yeah. Well, everybody, yeah, I'd love listen- to uh, pick your brain a little bit about all this stuff because I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's not, that's another stories. thing. Like, I, I don't think anybody really knows what they're doing at the yeah, end of the day. Like, that's what it I, seems I, like. Yeah, you just kind of find your thing the way you do it. I feel like it's the same with stand-up comedians. It's just like you're really just going up there and talking, and it's how whatever your process is, that's what it is. And yeah, you you have to just work it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, that's yeah. what I've done with all this. I just say I want to write this. I'm gonna do it. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm gonna figure yeah. it out. I'm gonna mark it like this. I have no <laughs> idea if it's gonna work, but we'll find out. Just fasten <laughs> your seatbelt and see what the Damn hell happens. It. And yeah. Damn it more it. Fun. all the all these ideas that you guys are coming up with are absolutely working. And like next time we reconvene, I better see a spin-off podcast between you two talking about writing horror. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. Yeah, well, man, absolutely. It's just, yeah. It's just buckle up and go, man. Buckle um, up and go. Well, and a lot of people don't we... even don't even get to that point and like cuz it's scary. It's a scary thing to like go into that kind of unknown place putting a pen to paper or, you know, mm-hmm. typing, you know. It's just, you just got to do it and then see what happens and if it's a well, cra- just crash and burn, then who cares? Look, just do the next one. Yeah, look at yeah, it well, from the perspective that the blank page is your friend. It's mm-hmm. a, yeah. it's your opportunity to to paint that canvas so to speak and and get your thoughts out there yeah Yeah, absolutely and it's crazy too i know so many people you know whether they're musicians or great writers or whatever like i knew one girl i worked with she was a super talented writer went to school for creative writing and like when i was talking to her about wanting to start writing i was like oh you've probably like published a ton of stuff she's like no i'm too scared and it's like Mm -hmm. man so many people have that mentality like 
if you want to do this stuff, like you just cannot give a fuck. Like you're gonna do what you want to do, put it out there. If people like it, awesome. I got love for them. If not, okay, wasn't for you. So yeah, yeah it's just well, sucks to see yeah, people go through that. That's what that's what Bucky and I have <clears throat> talked about for so long. Is just you know, like this thing that we did. Like we're just like, hey, listen, you know, if five people listen or. 2000 people listen great but we don't care because it's it's what we do every week every day you know that's just what we do so that's how we did this and we've said it a million times like we just got started because we're gonna talk about all of this stuff anyway (laughs) for hours on end and that's just how we got going um yeah and so we're we we just feel really lucky to have and and bucky i can't fellate him enough um <laughs> has has done so well um with just reaching out to everybody and um just making this show you know, a great time and we are just very flattered and very happy to have you guys on and we appreciate it so much. Well, we definitely appreciate you guys too. And the biggest thing is, and it shows through that you guys just have fun with it. You know, if you're doing this oh, yeah, and you're, you're, and you're being fun, your point. Yeah. And you're being your authentic selves. You're not being yeah. fake. It's not, you know, that that's, what's going to get you, you know, more listeners and, yeah, we've yeah, and that's, we've we've looked at it in uh in recent months, honestly. Um, because as we've gone forward, we've started to talk to you know some pretty notable guests. And like Yeah, man, I f- was gonna tell you that's just you're doing great, man. That's oh, thank awesome. you, buddy. Yeah. We at, but like whenever we've been doing those types of episodes, we've brought on other people to partake with that. And like, you know, I told Jason when 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 the show was coming to that I wanted the show to emulate the feel of a horror con. So like Zach, that experience that you and I had at Horror Hound, I wanted the show to have that feel to it. And yeah. like everything that we do on the show, whenever anybody's on is we are all fans of horror first. And yeah. like bringing on other so like zach having you on for the chris la martina episode on the video dead that interaction that you guys had you and chris where you guys got to connect and you got to talk to someone that you were a fan of and i was fangirling the whole time yeah but like that was my favorite aspect of that episode was that you got to connect with someone that you were a fan of and you guys developed a friendship there or the fact yeah. that you and Roy hit it off through social media and now you're here talking about writing or my friend Jules came on and talked with Michael Smallwood with me because we're both, you know, big Halloween fans. And like just that aspect of being a fan first and then like getting to celebrate this thing together. I've, I think I've said to Jason in recent months that I've looked at it like we're we're trying to be a horror podcast for like a horror podcast run by horror fans for horror fans. Yeah. Like we, we want it to be a family and a community. And we're like, Jason said, I can't say it better myself. We're 
we're very blessed that in just over a year we've developed this big friend group with you guys and reviewed to death and Makai from the first and Golden Gambit and you know endless amounts of people James from I was a teenage film snob Michael like just this big friend group that you would meet at a convention and this like this community that you're building I mean we're all building it as it keeps expanding I mean Mm -hmm. like this is the future of the genre like this is what pushes the genre forward is these voices that all come together and meet each other and this is how like we collaborate this is how the movies get made this is how stuff gets published this is like you know yeah, i feel man. like we're right this is a, this is a cool moment that we're all in together absolutely yeah. and i don't and i don't not, think not it's to far- sound cheesy not to sound <laughs> no, cheesy but I, I really i really feel that way i do well i don't i don't think it's far-fetched for the four of us and everybody that we've met to eventually come it, together to say you know what fuck it man let's start a con like a just yeah. a meetup place for fans and like let's just start a place for people to gather to celebrate horror together yeah, it's absolutely. well, and it it's totally cheesy, but it's fun at the same time. Um, <laughs> it's, it's cheesy, it's cheesy, it's cheesy, it's but, cheesy, it's, but I just it's love true. you guys so much. <laughs> but no, yeah, but no, it's 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 really a, a a connection, um, and you know, just you know, building the community and having people coming together. And wanting to do, you know, podcasts together and supporting each other and everything. It's it it sounds ultra cheesy, but it's but it's great. Yeah. And yeah. like Jason touched on an important point earlier where we were talking about uh reviewed to death, who we just fillet, you know, endlessly on our show because we love them. But like we felt like we hit our stride like yeah we went into it with let's do our thing and we'll just do it because we love it but we hit our stride when people like that got on board and like our show has been as much as sure we host it but like having you guys come on and reviewed to death and everybody that we meet it had like you guys have shaped it into what it is and jason and i feel very comfortable behind the microphone to just shoot the shit and say <laughs> stupid shit you know for for a yeah. couple hours did i tell you my story about getting instagram no i haven't heard it i don't think so, so. i just got instagram seven months ago i i never thought there was any use for it at all i thought it was just like stupid i, I didn't think there was any difference between that and facebook and i saw uh megan the movie megan oh with- hell yeah John and Jamie from Horror Dads. We saw it in January, and then we went to we got beers afterwards. Yes. And John was like, "Do you not have Instagram yet?" And he took my phone out of my hands and just downloaded the app. And <laughs> I was like, "I have no idea what I'm doing." And like, had he not done that, I would have never met you guys, and I would have never met the Review to Death guys. Dude, that's never... so crazy. Isn't, <laughs> I'm that, in the, cr- isn't that I'm in the exact same boat? It's the so same. I had a uh, I had an author page for I don't know maybe like two years that yeah. I did virtually nothing with. Like it was my picture and like my book covers. Well, then like last December, early January, I moved out here to Ohio and just had like I don't know anyone out here. I didn't have a job at that point. I was like, I'm just gonna try to grow my social media following and see what happens. And one thing I never really thought of when I started it was just like how many cool people that I would meet like through Instagram I've met you guys I've met other podcasts I've met other writers 
there's a guy out in California. We make music together. Like it is crazy how many people I met just by like reaching out and starting this thing. It's, it's insane. I'm sure you guys yeah. feel the same way. And oh, I, yeah, thought, I thought thing. I was, yeah, I thought I was weird. I, I thought all of this was weird. And I'm like, <laughs> right. I got on Instagram. I was like, oh, people have got 10 times the amount of shit that I have. <laughs> And it's like that first message you get or first comment you get from somebody who's like, that you don't know. He's like, man, I read your book and I really dug it. It's like surreal. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Someone yeah. did a video review of Disseverment. I'd never met this person. And I was like, what the fuck? Like yeah. they gave it five stars. I'm like, oh my God. You know. I was looking for a link to post one of my books. I think it was last night. And I came across a review of Devils in the Night from 2021. Holy Some dude shit. on Goodreads put it up there. I'm like, how the hell did this nice. like slip through my radar? Isn't that weird? Because like on Amazon, because I published the sermon in 2021, and uh, I mean, I, I told like you know, like my mom. So my mom has a review on Amazon, right. <laughs> you know. And then all of a sudden, it's like there's like more on there, and it's people I've never heard of, I've never met these people, and it's like, oh, holy shit! Okay, so yeah, right? I've had. I'm not just some guy. guy having fun on the internet putting <laughs> yeah. random shit out there. There's actually people actually liking this stuff. You know, it's like yeah, wow. exactly. It's crazy because it's just like, well, I'm just some guy who writes this stuff and has fun doing it, and then you start yeah. seeing people. You know, you're growing your following, you're growing your audience. Pe more people are checking it out. It's just like, whoa, this is pretty cool. Like people are digging what I'm doing. But I and think you've always goes... been, and you've always been this guy too. Like I've always been yeah. this guy the yeah. whole time. Well, I was gonna say, I think it goes back <laughs> to just the the honesty and just being true to yourself as an artist and saying you know what i just like this stuff why am i gonna shy away from it i'm just gonna put it down and put it out there and like if someone gravitates towards it great if not i did it for me and i'm happy with it and like literally 99.9 percent .9 of the time anytime you go with that perspective of like fuck it man i'm just gonna do what i'm gonna do and i'm gonna have fun with it there are gonna be yeah. people that gravitate towards it no matter what I quickly realized that I, I don't know why it took me so long to to realize that because there's just so many people in the world that it's impossible right? not to find someone that's into the same shit that you are and I, I struggled so long with starting my podcast because I was like I don't know if I want to talk about this stuff because <laughs> you know I don't well, want to be... I'll get super sappy for a second I said this on our one year episode but it still rings oh, true God. We... <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, yeah. Sad Hulk walking away. Music. Every everybody else does it, and then it's my turn, and then I do it, and they're like, "Nah, fuck that! Shut up, man! No feelings, bro." Uh, no, but again, what Jason said is true. We went into this just wanting to have a show that we could do for fun that would like give us a chance to hang out and talk about horror movies, and we had those goals of trying to make it a community. But like, truthfully, it's been like a life changing thing where like the friendships that have been made through this thing, including you two, like I, I fucking talk to Roy. I talk to you like every single day <laughs> Dude, about music and Zach, I've met you in person and we've gotten to have drinks and sing karaoke. I watched you. We have bonded over a DJ who was not the best person and you showing him up singing Sam Smith. <laughs> Like, I did sing Sam Smith, and he told me, he was like, no one's going to like this. And you fucking killed it, dude. And then you did an encore, and you did Creep by Radiohead, and you fucking nailed it. Oh, yeah, buddy. So, like... I don't, I don't remember the second song, because I, <laughs> I was a few beers... I was a few beers deep, but... Uh... No, you killed it. But, like, truthfully, the podcast has been life-changing in that it's just brought some of the best friendships that both myself and Jason have had, like, 
in our lives. So we we thank you guys for being a part of it. Um, yeah, same. And we thank everybody yeah. that's listening to it. We thank everybody that has participated in it. We love you all. And so we're going to wrap it up here because we've been going for three hours. And I don't know how many hours of that you're going to hear. Depends on how much editing I do. But, yeah, have uh, fun, have fun with all this. Yeah, thanks, guys. But, uh, some reanimator stuff in here. No, 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 no. Yeah, there's some usable content in there. I just got to fucking trudge through it and find it. But uh, well, no, circle, guys. Circle, circle, stop. But no, you guys, break we... this up into two episodes if you want. Just do like a writing, like a right. writing half and then do like we a could, yeah. Half. Yeah. Well, again, there's a lot of clips like video clips that I want to pull from this to put on the Instagram feed because I think there's a lot of good content here. But we're going to wrap it up for the evening. Everybody, you've heard them here on the show. They're great dudes. Zach and Roy are insanely talented. Please go support them and check out their writing. Real quick, Zach, Roy, whoever wants to go first. Uh, Zach, let's start with you. Plug your socials. Where can people find the paperback and audio version of Disseverment? What's coming up? Plug anything you want to plug, my man. Yeah, Disturbance on Amazon. For now, I'm trying to get a publishing company to buy it. Um, uh, the audiobook is on Audible, which you can find through Amazon, and then it's on Kindle, too, for $0.99. Cents. Um, and then I'm going to have a novel coming out, hopefully in October, if I can be happy with it. <laughs> um, and then I have my podcast, The Creepy Crowley, which is on Spotify right now. Uh, I'm going to expand it so it's not just on Spotify, but for right now, I'm just kind of, I think I'm 17 episodes in, and I've, it's just been like a weird experiment where I just talk awkwardly about horror. <laughs> not not as uh, good as you guys do, but uh, oh, I'm getting Oh, stop. It's a, it's oh, a you show. stop it. You stop it. <laughs> it's a great <laughs> show. I love the creepy Crowley. Uh, I'm having a hell of a lot of fun, though. I think that's the, that's the most important part. But, um... Yeah, it's a, it's a great show. So everybody go check that out. Zach, thank you so much, buddy. Roy, plug your socials, man. What do you got coming up? Where can people find your short stories? And uh, where can they just keep in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. I do pretty much all my work through Instagram. You can find me at author underscore Honeybrook. There you'll get links to all my books. Uh, New Year's Killing Eve, latest short story. Just put that one out on Amazon. Um, and then when you go there, you can find my entire back catalog. So that's the place to go, man. Author underscore Honeybrook on Instagram. Hell Yeah. Oh yeah, well, I'm CC on uh, Instagram. Sorry, I forgot if I if I said Instagram. Sorry. Doesn't yes, thank you. No, no worries. Well, well boys, listen, boys, we... we love you both. Honestly, though, guys, we we love you guys. Um, and we'll have you on again anytime that you would like to. Um, and uh, it's 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 just a fun experience anytime you guys are on. Absolutely. Can't say it better myself, Jason. Uh, Zach, Roy, we love you guys. We cannot wait to do this again. Thank you so much for coming on. And thank you so much, everybody, for listening to the Midnight Terrors podcast this week. Uh, again, we're rapidly approaching SC Horror, where you can come talk to us at our table there. We just got the floor, pan, pan, floor plan for the con, and we are pretty much locked in all of our little merch items and stuff. So, you know, come hang out at SC Horror with us. Come meet the celebrities. Come say hello to us. It's going to be a good time. And, uh, you know, follow us on socials, Instagram and Facebook, Midnight Terrors Podcast, and shoot us an email at midnightterrorspodcast at gmail.com. And I know I've said it 40 fucking thousand times what the show is called, but Jason, what's the show called? It's called the Midnight Terrors Podcast. Yes, it is. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We love you all. We'll see you again next week. Peace.